You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
Hello, buddies. It's the Ron and Faye Show uh, on a Friday. And uh, we are just a few days out from Chris Stanley Day. Uh, Chris Stanley's big birthday, 30th birthday. He's never had a birthday party. His parents never had a birthday party for him. His no, not to this day, no. Scumbag friends never had a birthday party for him. We want to give Chris Stanley the best birthday party he's ever had in his life. Usually, not, not, uh, just don't have him, so it's kind of weird. Weird feeling. It'll be the best. It's don't, going to be a surprise party. You're not going to know anything it. about it. Don't really. I've gotten a hold of some of your best friends. I'm Molly. I'm comfortable. Uh, Shelby. Sure. I don't know all your gang. I know those guys. The interns this semester. <laughs> now, do you um, have any contact information for Pips? Uh, he's three feet away from me. He's behind there. You just say, hey, Pips. Okay, so I'll just put down, hey, Pips. And then he'll hear me? Yeah, he'll hear you. Yeah, you he can hear Great. everything saying, actually. Great. We'll put this out of your mind. Ah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a nice, exciting surprise. <coughs> Are you big into Pakistani food? Uh, you can take or leave it. Okay, then I'll go Ethiopian. Oh, uh, they eat with their hands. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> like you eat steak. Same exact way. Mm. Teddy, uh, artist of the day. Very sexy pick for you today, Chris Stanley. Well, gotta get the sexy in, you know? It's a fucking fun Friday. Who's want to start the weekend off in a sexy mood? Uh... So next uh, Thursday will be your big surprise party. By the way, uh, GVAC says that uh, Boz Skaggs has a fantastic cover of Love, TKO. Well, first of all, Boz never does anything wrong. Everything he does, dead on. Uh, second, there was a Daryl's House thing, too, where Daryl Hall did it. Fucking amazing. Killed it. Oh, yeah. Blew that shit up? Yeah, he did. That's he nice. He took it to the bank. <laughs> bank it up with Daryl Hall, baby. Maybe we'll call this Chris Stanley's Bank It Up birthday. <laughs> How many times can you say bank it up? I want to get some of your favorite celebrities in here, too. Oh, cool. I know you're a big Jay Okerson fan, so... Love Jay. See what he's doing. <laughs> Baldo, you're on the Run of Face show. Baldo. Hey. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, I just want to let you know that I talked to uh, Max Burgess down at Max Burgess Agency yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I want to thank you for inspiring, you and him together, inspiring me to uh, be inspired. Inspiring anyway, you listen. to be inspired. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. Ever since I heard you on JFK, when you said that radio was theater of the mind... You blew my mind. I've been a constant that's listener just, ever since. That's the it's the oldest thing ever. And I've never said it other, any way other than ironically. <laughs> well, I thought it Did was that great just blow your mind? I, I listened yeah. to a lot of radio, and that was great. All right, anyway, thanks. Appreciate hey, Ron, it. You should be in the Guinness Book, World Book of Records. That's what I'm going to do. All right, thanks, buddy. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, oh, jeez. Hey, come on. Yeah. Friday. Hey, I gotta go. Hey, I just got out of the shower and somebody's at the door. But I'm you glad everything works out with you and Max. Oh, All right? 
They got to get going. Phone calls from live listeners and anybody on the air. You should be in the world. I'm the only one who's ever done it in the history of radio. I'm the first one who said I'm going to take callers. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, Hey, hold on. Yeah. You should be the you should be the ringmaster in the big top. I'm going to be. All right, thanks. You are. Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right, thanks, Paul. Though. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, Hicks. You got to quit drinking, man. He's I, right. I, He's right. Uh, no, Baldo's right. Fez, no, Fez Baldo wants to talk to you for a second. Oh, it's, it's Baldo here? Yeah. Hey, Fez. Yes, Baldo. Hey, buddy, listen. Quit living in the past and live in the present. Wow. Okay. All right, thanks. All good stuff, oh. Baldo. Baldo's throwing throw some shit out there when he calls yeah. him, man. Baldo uh, has nothing but accolades for me, and then wants both you two guys to clean up your life. Yeah. Thanks for the criticisms, Baldo. I don't need your shit. Look, you got one week left of being a boy. And then it's man time. The big 3 0. Weird. Dirty 30. That's right. Oh, I'm going to get dirty. That's. <laughs> you ready for your midlife crisis? Oh, man. You already had your quarter life crisis. How'd oh, yeah. that go? Uh, it was kind of a train wreck, you know. Reckless your, behavior. Your 10th life crisis was really embarrassing when you were eating paste and stuff like that. I know. That's out of my head, you know. Fez Watley sounds a little better today. Fez, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing or how you're feeling. I see you're holding on a little tight, but that's mm-hmm. all part of your thing. Uh, is there any kind of story on the iBang that you're interested in today? I love this thing the Japanese are doing. Mm. Uh, it's called Japanese create the new way for lonely people to eat. Okay. Chopsticks? No, this is specialized tables. I guess these tables are kind of long, and people have to sit across from each other. They put a huge metal divider down the center of the table so that if you're a lonely person, you're eating by yourself, and you don't want someone looking at you eat... You have this big piece of metal in front of you where you're kind of enclosed and no one's going to be seeing you uh, take down your dinner. Take down your dinner is what Fez calls eating. But enjoy your meal. You you have confused uh, eating with shitting. He wants a food stall. Uh, well, don't. Add, I mean, all it is is a counter, and they decided to turn one counter into two. This is nothing for lonely people because you still have people next to you. It's uh, family style dining. For uh, uh, by the way, are these the same people who invented the kind of offices that everyone has now? <laughs> I, I I would think so. I mean, it looks exactly like it. Instead got- of getting a nice office. You You've got a, three walls around your desk. You got a quarter of a fucking table, and there's enough space for a fucking computer. I I think Fez, looking at this picture, uh-huh. you've bought into a little hype. This is, if anything, it's worse dining. I get a little self-conscious eating. I get a lot of self-conscious eating. So just to have that up there where people couldn't look over at me. <clears throat> okay, Fe- Fez will turn away from like say if we after show he would get. Get me like buy me like lunch or something. Yeah, he will. When we go to the office, he'll sit away from me so I can't watch him eating. I find it weird. Well, this will be great for you because one thing I've said to you a million times: you need more isolation. Um, so it's perfect for the problems that you're going through. <laughs> the Japanese are so strange anyway with all their social interactions. Cubicle dining is not what the world has uh, been praying for. I mean, you know, they have they fucking harass women constantly on subways. They don't know what they're doing. You just gotta not give a fuck. But then again, this comes back to the. Advantage.
Advice Show. The Advice Show. Fez, you have every right to eat those six hamburgers. The Advice Show. You don't have to get inside a cubicle to do it. The Advice Show. It's a restaurant, not a library. The Advice Show. Ezra said with the teddy plane, somebody's getting pregnant today. See where he went there? Oh, yeah. Drop a seat up in it. Somebody's going to get pregnant today. <laughs> I'm going to get this CD pregnant. Ow. Um, Hicks, would you even know the difference that they put up a wall? I, I don't know. I mean, it's family-style eating and then cubicled off. Yeah. It's craziest. Um, here is uh, Patrick in Florida. You're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. The uh, public radio was talking about a whale. They think it's a hybrid whale. Mm -hmm. It's called Hertz. Hertz, like the noise, Hertz 52 decibels. Yeah. And it, it's been calling out for 23 years, and it can't find uh, any any other whale to signal back. And I was thinking, Fezzi's been calling out for years. You might want to look into it. It might be a perfect match. I would like to see that whale in a sea cubicle. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, if I was eating lettuce wraps, I wouldn't want anybody to watch me eat either. See, people judge your food. You still haven't gotten over that yet, huh? No. It's still it's still a, a very weirded out memory to me. It's just a healthy alternative to a regular wrap. That's all. It's just a food. Who cares if you're eating that or a Pop-Tart? Mm, fez. Is it the last time you ate a lettuce wrap, or did you eat them by yourself? No, I've never had them again. You should just put a bag over your head and eat. Or you should just put a bag over your head and a rubber band down around your neck. Start jerking off. <laughs> Jerk off until you die. <laughs> I haven't heard of someone uh, dying from that in a while. Maybe it was all the rage there for some time. Carradine, I think. Uh, I think he was murdered real by nin some ninja gang. Oh, that's what. That's what he says. He knew. Is. He had found out things that would take uh, martial arts next level. Well, it, I mean, it is Kane we're talking about. The original Kane. Quite young Kane. Not, Not the burn during the, the burn fucking guy. Um, Hanks, a lot of people writing nice things. Seems like you're back since you're one little fuck up there. I, but, I, I um, say that a fuck up. Someone brought up, why don't you ever play Little Feet? You've played a Little Feet artist of the day, haven't you? Yeah. Not that long ago either. So maybe someone's fucking been drinking too much on the I could do it, uh, section. Little Feet every day. Uh, Eric, you're on Ron Fez show. Hey, is it Pepper who drinks? I just got a couple questions for him. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, he does drink quite a bit. I enjoy cocktails. <laughs> does he drink at work or just drink before work? Both. Oh, come on, man. Really? Mm -hmm. Did his parents drink? Uh, my father did. Did you drink a lot? Would you say you got the uh, alcoholism from him? I would say, yeah. The guy enjoys the fucking You know, to be <laughs> honest, it's functioning alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, mine is. His wasn't. <laughs> Well, really? that well. He retired young. You're dead. 
and, and you guys let him get shit-faced at work. Oh, everything. Jesus Christ, get off the phone. Oh, you judge, me nuts. Judge Judgerson. Now, this makes me fucking wish for the Balco days. No, at least the judge Bulldog. would have an opinion. He's got fucking 50 tiny questions. <laughs> get to the point, dick. Actually, I haven't been drunk on the air too many times. Hungover, yeah. But actually sloshed, no, not very often. I like people who feel like your job is to answer every little question they have. It's not a two-way street. I'll go to Fez. Fez, you got a topic for the show? Yeah, where do babies come from? Vaginas. It's just like you Google it. Google some of these things. I'm not even asking you to read a book now. It's right there at your fingertips. Um, Mark, you're on the run of Fe well, Mark, you're on the run of Fez show. Go ahead. Hey, Fez, uh, I go out to eat by myself all the time, and I bring a book. And down here in the South, they look at you like you're some sort of professor. If you're sitting there reading a book and eating, I get extra respect. Uh, Try that. I always used to, uh, bring a book, too. Uh, but also now, since you have your phone... Uh, most people aren't looking at each other even when they're eating together anyway. Yeah. I don't believe in that whole thing of, oh, I'm uh, by myself, so I'm not going to go somewhere nice. That's fucking ridiculous. People are weirded out by that. I think people are... I think people not are in New York, they're not. New York, something like 39% of the people are, you know, single in their own place. That's why a lot of people go to coffee shops, diners, because there's a lot of other people around. You can be lonely together. That's nice. Maybe meet someone. New friendships. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, so uh, what'd you guys wake up this morning and put on some pants? The defense <laughs> yeah. Uh, why do socks come in twos anyway, huh? You ever wonder about that? No. We have two feet. And I mean, what is a hat? Is that just a tent for your head? I mean, come on now. You put it like that. It's protected from the rain. And what is it? What, what, tires on a car? What are they, tired? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want my wheels to be tired. I want them to be awakes. You know what I'm saying? And what's with the bumper? Are you playing pool later? I mean, what, what's going on here? <laughs> what the fuck? And what's with eggs and bacon? Why not eggs and a ham sandwich? You never hear about this. What about that? Crazy fuckers. Uh, Tom, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, just remember the first time you eat a cock, Chris Stanley's going to be looking down at you, watching. Judging. Judging the entire time. Oh, he could have stroked that. <laughs> he could have worked the nuts a little better. Chris Stanley, what's going on in your world today? Uh, some controversy on the streets of New York. Oh, that's unusual. <coughs> Give me two coughs and explain more. Okay. Uh, there's a food truck called the Milk Truck. Um, serves grilled cheese My sandwiches. milk truck brings other boys to the yard. Um, a company ordered $170 worth of grilled cheese sandwiches from them. Bought them. Did not tip. The guy who served it, the cook in the truck at the time, tweeted out, Shout out to the good, the good people of Glass Lewis and Company for, for placing a $170 order and not leaving a tip. And then tweeted at that company. The owner of the truck then shit-canned him for calling out this company for not tipping. Right. Now the whole internet is just freaked out and attacking the owner of the milk truck 
for firing this guy. Because apparently this tweet like went back to this company's like home office in San Francisco or whatever, and they ended up calling the the fucking milk truck company, the owner, and saying, "What what's the deal? What what's your fucking problem?" And now people are like just really freaked out and like saying, "Let's boycott milk truck. Let's not buy grilled cheese or mac cheese from them anymore." So uh, we're not boycotting the company that fucked fucked over the dude. No, we're uh... they're pissed at the owner of the milk truck. Well, first of all, you normally send interns down to do that, and that kid might have not fucking realized that he should have thrown a tip. Yeah, it, it, this this whole fucking... This well, whole and, and, and here's the thing. We don't even have our truck etiquette down yet. It's too no. Because when you go, let's say, before this, it was an ice cream truck, right? Yeah. If you went and got an ice cream cone and you're a kid, it never occurred to you to throw a quarter to the guy. This so the people in the truck, uh, just like you don't um, tip when you're at a McDonald's, you know. Yeah. So this thing seems like a window. Seems like a McDonald's. Maybe the kid who was doing this doesn't know that you that he was supposed to throw a tip. I don't think I've ever tipped at a food truck. The times I've ever bought from them. We just don't have etiquette down. It's too new. We're not sure what that person's getting paid, whether they're the owner. Because normally, don't you assume that it's an owner when you're at a food truck? Yeah, I, I don't think they have like a large, like yeah, employees running the things. You think the fucking the dude owns it? It's his. It's a just. It's just a truck, right? <laughs> Selling fucking food. It, should, it shouldn't require a giant staff. Two people. One to fucking drive it. One to work the kitchen. Okay, so we got that down. Now, you get stiffed on by a tip that you think you deserved, right? Mm hmm. Uh, would you then put that person's name up on the internet as not tipping you? <sighs> I, no, I, I wouldn't. I might say some asshole. Just didn't fucking tip me. That would have been fine. Yeah, but then I, I wouldn't say like at the guy, the employee right. tweeted at the company. F actually, found the company's Twitter account and then tweeted at them. Uh, because I tend to tip my uh, takeout people. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's a good idea. Again, though, I don't know if I didn't. And someone put up, hey, this guy living at such and such a place did not tip. I think I'd be fucking furious. Because you did pay for the fucking goods. Yeah. Um, Deacon, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, when do, when do we start? I mean, hey, Ronnie, love right. your show. Um, when do we start tipping people for, for goods that we pick up ourselves? It's not like there's a service that's provided. We're paying for the food. Well, I mean, you, but you have to remember, everybody is, it's the same service as if they brought it to your table, right? That was right, always my way of seeing it. But I would say this. One time uh, when I was in Florida, a, a person came on the show, and we were talking, and uh said, you know, you and your chick always tip, on, and said on the air, always tip on takeout. A lot of people don't. And it was one of those things like, A, I didn't even know these people knew who I was from the radio. I thought it was just a place I was stopping by and picking up, you know, um, food every once in a while. But B, they remember. Yeah. So they know, you know. I mean, if you want to be Deacon the Cheap Guy, um, that's up to you. Uh, here is uh, Eric. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, good morning, all. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's almost as, as silly as walking back to the kitchen to tip the goddamn cook for cooking your steak, you know? It's like the guy's there doing a business, you know, just do your business and be appreciated. Appreciate a hundred sixty-seven dollar order. Well, but one one thing that you don't do for any fucking reason is try to slut shame a customer. You know what I mean? Hmm. If you wanted to say to that customer, um, "There's something about you that we don't like here. We're planning on not serving you anymore." You're not the type of person we want here. Then you would be able to sit down and talk to them, and they could say, "What's going on?" And you're like, you know, you're putting our people out. Uh, you know, you have big orders and you don't tip. I don't think your business is appreciated. You would then give them the opportunity to go, "Wait, I didn't even know about the tipping," but to then put it on the internet, I think that's the the problem that I have with it. And for that reason, if the guy at the milk truck decides to fire his employee for that reason, I could get it. I think what he could probably do is give him a warning, because the guy didn't know, but I have, a, I have a feeling this wasn't the first thing this fucking kid ever did wrong before. No, because it was two days later when the, when the owner found out about it, and it was just, the kid was gone. Um, I think the milk truck has some responsibility in this. If they expect to get tipped or their employees, then there needs to be some sort of sign out there, tips are appreciated, or a tip jar, some sort of signal to say, all right, we do take tips here, please. It's an interesting thing. I didn't even think of that. So you are saying if they had a jar. Now, you sent the kid down yesterday to pick up some, uh, I don't want to say what kind of food it was because it wasn't great. It tasted like he came out of a truck. Did you make sure he tipped? No, I did not make sure he tipped. Did he tip? Um, I, do, I don't think so. I, with right. the receipt that I got back, no. And the uh, change, no. And that was a lot of food, so Fez Watley is the same as this other place. I'm going to see if the other place tweeted out about him. Why don't you tweet it? You just make sure it's tweeted out. Too? Say, like, send it to that milk truck like I know. Fez Watley's the same way. <laughs> Solidarity. Uh, Bruce, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, here's the thing, Ron. I tip everywhere, uh, almost everywhere I go. And, but with tipping not being mandatory, you can't cost your boss business. I agree with that. I'm calling I, out somebody in public. I agree That's with that. I, the, the, the thing that went, like I would all be was saying that this glass company and Fez are assholes. But in this case... It's not up to you to to do the public fucking shaming. Um, Dennis in Vegas. Hey, uh, yeah, Ron. The whole thing with tipping, you know, I was a bartender for 20 years in Vegas. Uh, you never expect a tip, okay? A tip comes if you provide good service. Now, as a server, you treat everybody equally if you want that tip. And then you remember the guy that tips you and treat him better so he pays you that money. As an owner... Any employee that calls somebody out like that and costs you business, hey, fuck them. You know, I'm sorry. That's not right. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. You, uh, I, Dennis has got this thing lined down. Tipping is to mainly p treat the people who t tip well better. So when you act like I don't tip, you know, if you go to a pizza place and you don't tip, you're not one of their preferred customers. Um, here's uh, Doug. Doug, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
you know, in, in New Jersey, we don't pump our own gas. And, and uh, I've done it a couple of times, but not often enough. Guy comes over in the rain or, or bad weather, he pumps the gas for you. Uh, you know, they provide good service. And, and if anybody should have a tip jar out, it should be those guys. Dude, everybody fucking tips the guys on the turnpike. Yeah. You don't tip? Never. Never. Oh, you're a scumbag. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I always tip the guys at the turnpike. <laughs> I've never heard that, not even in my neighborhood. You know, I, there's one guy in the corner I go to on a regular basis. I'll give him a couple of bucks. If it, if it comes out to be 63, I'll give him, keep something, keep it 65. No, I always step the guys on the turnpike, always. I'm, everyone bitches in Jersey because you can't pump your own gas. I, I find it a fucking pleasure. When the guy comes over and fills up, I don't want to be standing out there like a fucking asshole. You don't like the smell? Getting fucking gas smell on my hand. Wow, that, that that was insane. The guy, the guy lives in Jersey. He doesn't realize you you tip. You tip that guy. I take care of him. Jesus, the world we live in. Oh uh, yeah, we live in a fucking dinosaur world. Richard, you're on the Running Fest show. Richard. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. Hey, I love your show. Great, yeah. I listen all the time. Yeah. I work in the restaurant industry. Um, I work at a place where, you know, servers get tipped all the time, and we have, we have the employees that, you know, they won't get tipped, and they'll make huge complaints, and we, we've had to, you know, let people go because they'll trash talk our restaurant and company on Twitter for it. And I just think, you like like I said, you can't expect tips for something that, you, you know, that you're doing. It's your well, job. But, but let's also say this. If you are a restaurant, right, you're not hiring that waiter as a spokesman for your restaurant. And you have to say what you do in your private time on Facebook or whatever, but you do not sit and make our business public here. You right. know what I mean? It, right, it, right. To me, it would be no different than if you tweeted that your boss was an asshole. You'd have to uh, expect some uh, some fallback from that. It's insane for this person who works at the milk truck to think I'm I now represent the milk truck yeah. during their social networking. <laughs> it's a gigantic mistake. This guy fucked up. Yeah, he fucked up. But I think it would have been better if it was a good employee to then go on Twitter, apologize as the person's saying I own the fucking milk truck. And, you know, I'll fucking tip this guy. What I'm saying is that milk truck guy could have taken the high road. Now, it might have been an employee he didn't want to do it for anyway. Yeah, beyond, yeah we don't know that this guy... Because uh, yeah, at first I thought it was the owner who was doing this. It was the owner who was doing this. That would just be bad fucking business. <laughs> but and then the fucking company shouldn't go back to him. And the fact that they got $170 worth of grilled cheese sandwiches. And mac and cheese. Um, I, I am not fucking sold on these trucks. There is no truck that I feel is, like, great. That What I'm trying to say is the trucks that are saying selling upscale food. And they're getting more and more popular. Yeah, well, around here, because of fucking tourists. Now they're We're eating it from a truck. They're competing downstairs right now. There's a couple of them. Right next to each other. Jonas, you're on the Run Fest show. Body B, doing God's work. I've heard that earlier today. I heard I'm just doing amazing stuff. 
Yeah, I think we're going down a pretty slippery slope with some of these Chris Hansen wannabes that are ratting out all sorts of people on social media. Drew Brees got caught up in it the other day. I guess he left a $2 tip on a $75 order at a takeout window. You know, why does everyone feel the need that they have to capitalize on somebody's fame? You know, we're just going down a real bad road here, Roddy. Well, I mean, we're living in a world of no secrets. So Fez's thing that uh, says, I want to hide when I eat, doesn't mean that there's not going to be a website called Weirdos Who Hide <laughs> When They Eat, and his name goes on it. We got him. You, I, I hate to tell you, you're exposed in this fucked up uh, internet society. Breeze actually left a $3 tip on that $74 takeout order. He knows better than that. He's a fucking multimillionaire. He's I'm sorry. You got to fucking uh, throw some cash around. Take care Take care of the people of San Diego. I was in San Diego when he was in the restaurant. Oh, Breeze. A lot of times, some of those rich guys get fucking, um, you know, fucking stupid about it. God, if I were a rich guy, he'd last all two weeks because everyone would get a piece. Yeah, that's why you're not a rich guy. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, guys. I'm a bartender down in uh, in uh, North Carolina, and I've been bartending for about 20 years all down the East Coast. And one thing I learned when I was uh, a lot younger learning, that one of the bases on tips means to ensure proper service. Uh, key word here to me, uh, service. I mean, uh, if you're not getting a service, what are you tipping for? I mean, honestly, they're cooking your food, but at the same time, I mean, I could go, that's why I go get stuff to go, because I don't have to tip. I'm going to take it home and eat it. I just want to get something served. All yeah. because of that. You, just because you don't want to leave a tip, you fucking take this thing and eat it colder. You like that? Hmm. I'm going to check in with Janice because she just, this is the second day she just wants to hold on and listen. Janice. Hi, I'm sorry. What is going on? With the, I thought you got a new computer. I did. I can't get it going. I don't know what the fuck. I'm so stupid. What I happened? I don't know. I got it. It looks like it should be working and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel so fucking stupid. No. Oh, is that a cat? Uh, lady? She's a cat lady. I don't like cats. Mm. Oh, it's Angus. He's yelling. He's yes. he's an old boy. Oh, jeez. Oh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he can help you with that computer a little bit. Looks <laughs> like he's trapped under it. Because we had Angus, Bell, Chopper, and Daisy May, and Angus. We always said I should. We should have named him Asshole because he. <laughs> He used to sneak up on Daisy when she'd be sleeping and whack her in the nose and she'd jump up. Oh, my God. Well, what are you going to do about your computer, honey? I don't know. I don't know. I just feel so fucking stupid. I wish somebody could help her. I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. That's why I write shit down. It started my friend my husband's best friend he'd come over every day after mike died and like on sundays he'd go so what how was church what was the sermon about right go, well <laughs> i know it was good <laughs> so now i write everything down and you should have heard the horseshit job this newsreader did of uh 
interviewing. Uh, oh my God, my name just blanked. The, the Doors guy that you interviewed, who kept thanking you for your conscience. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, from the Doors, the uh, drummer. Oh, my mind just went blank. I'm sorry. Densmore. John Densmore, honey. Yes, thank you. And he, oh God, I was just like, oh. Most of the guys have to sit through nightmares, but you know, most of the celebrities coming in here always give me a nice little tip after an interview. That's nice, well, actually. Just fucking, well, normally just palm a fucking 50 or 100. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of our favorite lines, I think it was from My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin. It's like, yeah. he, he, it's not tipping he believes in, it's over-tipping. Right. It's, <laughs> there was always our Really, thing. everybody should watch My Blue Heaven for a way to live life. Go around <laughs> and treat everywhere that you like like it's Vegas. Hey, nice to see you. How you doing? Here's a little something for you. Take care of yourself. Yeah, and the money will just keep moving around. It's a nice economy that way. <laughs> All right, Janice, I'm going to put you on hold, honey. Okay, thank you very much. Love right. you guys. We need somebody to take a look at her computer for her or talk to her on the phone. Maybe somebody can talk her through it. Some IT type stuff. She's so nice. Um, I want to bring Molly in to check out this uh, story that we're putting up now. Uh, something that uh, was sent to us by the lovely Jill Lawson. Oh. Now, Hicks, do you know who all the uh, designers are? Uh, I know some. Probably mostly from rap lyrics. But uh, not all of them, though. Well, there's a piece that'll be up in just a second uh, on the iBang about this... Uh, bit that they did here. By the way, you've got a little something you're doing today, huh, Molly? Yeah, I do. Wow. Look at this. Woo! Uh, what is the name of this uh, guy? Hicks? Alexander Wang. Right, are you familiar with him? He's a designer. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he did a thing on... I guess he put out the word on Twitter or Facebook that there's going to be something going on downtown. So they invite all these young people in. And uh, I guess he's very expensive clothes that yes, he has. Yeah, extremely expensive. And he's a young guy, right? Yeah, he's fairly young. So move it along a little bit, Hicks, so you, we'll, we'll get to the... So here they are. They're all lined up. Like they're all ready to go. Yeah, but they don't know what they're going to be doing. All right, now turn up the sound here. And uh, So now they're in this warehouse. Make it here today, and thank you so much for waiting. When the door opens, you're gonna have access to pieces from the T by Alexander Wayne collection. There's stuff for girls, there's stuff for guys, some older stuff, some new stuff, some plastics. And by the way, everything is free. <laughs> take as much as you physically can because there are no shopping bags, no shopping carts. I don't care how you take it, it's all up to you. Have fun. So now he tells them there's some free shit they can have. You see they run through a small door, and there's this the expensive clothes hanging up, and they are pushing and shoving each other while the, they are filmed for this viral uh, oh commercial. Girls are hitting the floor. People are just like animals grabbing just clothes, not even sure what they're getting. And this, uh, look, here's oh somebody taking the straight arm to the face. 
to see who gets the red jackets. Now, Molly, you can help us out here. What do you think one of these jackets goes for? Oh, I would say um, anywhere from like 500 to probably like $1,000. So somebody who grabs, just runs in and grabs 15, 20 jackets is, is I don't know, I'm going to quote Hicks here. Making some bank for himself. They're going to bank it up later. Yeah, probably. Okay, they're banking it up. So there they are, hitting and pushing each other. Oh my God. Swinging. <laughs> so the point here, well, Hicks, read up what we have for, for a poll. Uh, is, Al- is Alexander Wang's video artistic experimentation or cheap PR? Uh, choices are, it's an art experiment and it's really interesting. It's just a viral ad, not art, but it's fine. It's a viral ad, it's exploitative, and it's awful. See, I think, personally, these people come off looking like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, basically... The people or Alexander Wang? Well, first, the, well, he set it up so they would embarrass themselves. So I guess you have to say to yourself who's responsible for this kind of s- disgusting behavior. They wake up in the morning, they just think they're going to have a regular day. The next thing they find themselves in... A, a high class bump fight, really. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think I think we can all agree that bump fights is too far. But in this case, you can see why people would act and, and be crazy. Now I get it; they should be responsible for their own behavior. But at the same time, he set this thing up. He did. I feel like it's kind of like he knew this was going to happen, right? Yeah, I kind of think of it as, a, as an artistic statement. I don't think that it's. I don't think it was a good idea, but I. But the artistic statement w- would be also this: I have no regard for my customers. <laughs> I think of them as just grimy, grabbing scumbags, and I'm treating them that way now. Like, uh, as a person who looks at him and his customers, I think that he looks at them. As if they're a bunch of fucking low lives, and he set up a situation for them when they so they could act like a bunch of low lives. The question is, is he already even right? Are they really? Are people who care about these expensive jackets so much that they're willing to grab and snatch at them and and lower themselves? Maybe that's what fashion is about anyway. I think that is what it's about, and yeah. it still makes him a scumbag because he's in fashion and putting forward that thing of. I went to his website. Nothing, no jacket is under a thousand dollars. So if you run in there and grab twenty jackets, it's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, it's, I mean that's all. I mean that's all you you have to do. You don't have to worry whether it fits you or not no. because you're going to be able to turn that over. Pretty quick. Now that thousand dollar jacket, you might have to sell for three hundred. Whatever, you know, you get like see, right? Literally, just run up to a rack, wrap your arms around them, fucking pull them off, and run out the room. You, you said go. it right, Iraq. That's what we've turned ourselves <laughs> into. A bunch of Iraqis when the fucking food and cornmeal shows up. Yeah, they, yeah they're Look, fighting for- there's a guy just fucking swinging. Someone else takes a box to the head, but this is the way this Wang kid has to look. At his audience, he thinks this is them, and maybe this is them. I think it is. I think like, you know, every everyone is doing this. You you're not looking around at like only a few people going crazy. It's the entire room. I think it's more than exploitive. I think what he did was dangerous. I think he yelled free <laughs> to people wanting those clothes, like yelling fire in a theater. 
and setting up a dangerous situation. But it's up to them whether they want to act like animals or not. You know what I'm saying? A fire, you could be killed. Here are people who have plenty of food, plenty of clothing, uh, and you yell free at them. There's no reason for them to act like this. They got up with nothing. So you could easily walk over, go look at these pants, look at this jacket, what a great day, and leave. You don't have to act like a greedy animal. You know what I'm saying? Fire in a crowded theater sets out panic. It's up to you whether you want to panic to see whether you've got enough greed. Yeah, these people aren't victims. Yeah, because if you leave with anything, you got something nice and free. It's, it's just a tchotchke. And by the way, the fact of that jacket, it's really up to you what that jacket is worth to you. Because they, you know, with most uh, guys, there's not a $1,000 fucking shirt. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like someone saying this shirt to me, this shirt's worth thousand dollars. I'll say, no, it ain't. Men's That's shirts, fucking too much for your shirt. Men's shirts come that expensive. Yeah. So what? really, the only reason why those clothes are expensive is because people are willing to pay, and this is his target audience. I mean, these people. I guess the way they found out on Twitter and Facebook is because they actually follow this because they're fans of these of these clothes. Um, here's uh, Luke. Luke, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is like, it's like a giant social experiment, like holding up a mirror to ourselves. And, you know, we like to call other people savages for maybe the way they act or what they believe in. But really, we're all just one person yelling free away from becoming a savage ourselves. I, I, but again, I, here's the social experiment part of it for me. He, you know, there's a mystery surrounded. He puts them in a room. The, there's a build-up. He drops down and explains what's happening. Then they send them through these small doors. Not enough so that everybody's on equal footing. You have to run through. So I get that part of it is that you could be caught up in this. But where I differ uh, with Fez is... That's still choice. It's still choice if you want to do that. And he doesn't fucking own anything. That means shit to me. He just doesn't. But that, again, is a choice. Just like when I hear people, oh, I slept out all night for these fucking sneakers. Really? Because I went in and walked into the fucking store and got my sneakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck. It's up to you whether or not it, it matters or not. Um, Scott, you're on the run of fish show. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone's thinking this is some big high-brow experiment. I mean, every year, Black Friday, people do this with shit they got to buy, you know? so It's, a, it's, a, it's another really good point. I have never gone out on a Black Friday, and I have no intention never. of going out on a Black Friday, mainly because I don't want to be seen as one of those people... <laughs> who go out on a Black Friday. I don't want to think Christmas is something that I scratch and punch and push to get. You got to get deals, though. I mean, those It's not even cards. worth it. What you're not paying in clothes, you're paying for in, like, being in a crowded place and, like, just hating yourself. It's a really good point. What would it be worth paying for to get out of that situation? <laughs> what is that worth to you? That you're not getting up in the morning and running through a fucking store so that you can get a $15 whatever thing that you're not going to care about a year from now. 
It's depressing. I also think it's kind of funny that it's the day after Thanksgiving. No, like, now it is Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, they actually have started it nine o'clock on Thanksgiving this last year. Wow. People were complaining that work in stores because they no longer <laughs> can have Thanksgiving off. Like, you can uh, blame the stores. And you can blame this Wang guy. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't play into it, it doesn't happen. Would you pay $900 for this hoodie? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, pocket. I don't think the $900 hoodie would matter to me. But I, I will also say this. Do you know what you put... Uh, you would call a hooker wearing that fucking hoodie a hooker. It doesn't change you. You may have a nicer fucking jacket, whatever, but you're still the person that you were before. How about 450 for this pullover? It's a deal. I mean... This looks cr like fucking crazy future clothes. And what people thought future clothes were like in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, that fucking pullover would have to get me high. <laughs> that there would somehow be releasing opiates into my fucking bloodstream. Um, here is um, Jim. Jim, you're on the run of Fez show. I'm not trying to justify what these people did, but... I'm not really surprised by this, because if you go to any sporting event in halftime or in between innings and they bring out that T-shirt cannon and they fire a T-shirt up in the stands, the same thing happens for a $10 T-shirt in a stadium all the time. I know. I've actually fired the cannons before at, the, at people. <laughs> and No, it's actually, you see the worst of people. And they also scream at you, hey, motherfucker, you never fucking shoot anything over here. And then you just fucking light them up. What about this, Jackson? Show me some fucking love. But, I mean, it's like when we see people knocking a ball out of a little kid's hand at a ball game. It's just a baseball. The fact that it was in a game doesn't mean shit. You're at the game. That matters. <laughs> what a souvenir, though. It's kind of like Twilight Zone-y, where you just like put all these people in like a, like one person in a room with like a bunch of other people, and if those people start acting crazy, then the same person is going to start acting so crazy. So you're you're saying social experiment. That's what he's saying. Yeah. But uh, really, I don't know. I mean, look, these people. You know, he and the managers of his company. Are just fucking laughing at. They were laughing at him the months before when they fucking thought it up. They were like, "Holy shit! You know what we could do? We give away a bunch of your fucking overpriced fucking clothes. People are going to kill each other to get them." They've been laughing at these people for fucking months, and they're going. He's going to continue to do so because now this thing's all over the fucking internet. They knew this was going to happen. That's why they did it. Yeah. It's fucking depressing watching this. <laughs> all right, where's the voting on this uh, sort of right funny. now? Yeah, it's sort of funny because... 38% uh, is saying it's a viral ad, it's exploitative, and it's awful. 35% saying it's just a viral ad, not art, but it's fine. And then 27%, it's our experiment, and it's really interesting. So, going back and forth. The caller who said this is just Black Friday is uh, right, but Black Friday is a million times worse. High-end Black Friday. We uh, had a, a whole thing last year, a whole thing on the iBang of uh, people going crazy at stores. And they are riots now. They're just fucking riots. 
I remember, uh, I think there was one from two years ago in Puerto, like at a Walmart or a Best Buy in Puerto Rico, and they had the gates down. And then as the gates were slowly coming up, people were just fucking flying in underneath them as soon as they could fit. It's, it's fucking horrifying. I was at an Aerosmith show one time when I was a kid. So the Spectrum was a big round building, right? And they uh, let us in. I'm in my door, right? And we're heading because we want to, you know, go get good seats. It's just 20,000 seats are open to whoever first come, first serve. The door next to us had never opened. And those people were freaking seeing that our door was open. And as I'm passing them, I'm seeing people pressed up against ga- glass, like in their faces, in panic. And I just stopped just to watch people basically being squashed to death. And then later, in, uh, that actually happened where five people were killed at a Who show in uh, Cincinnati. Jesus but I actually Christ. saw what it looked like from nothing but comfort. Just as I'm walking by going, wow, that's bad. And people were also like throwing beer bottles and just freaking out like they're fucking in before us. All because they didn't synchronize the doors. Christ, man. It's crazy. And, and, and people get, but we will see a Black Friday when they just decide to go nuts and take all this shit and light the building on fire, and, and that'll be hopefully the end of it. You know, they'll, hopefully they'll go. Look, you can't do this anymore. No more deals, people. You're not responsible enough to get low, low prices. Usually, someone gets killed every year. Yeah. What I think is funny about the Alexander Wang thing is that if you look in the beginning of the video, all these people are like kind of in solidarity together. Like they're all really excited. Oh, yeah, we're all happy. We're the winners. Yeah, and then once they get inside, they're fighting each other. It's like all of this friendship has just. Maybe we'll do this and unmask. We'll just say only some of you people are going to get in. And then you just see people going like this. I don't care. No. <laughs> It's a social experiment. No one really cares about this. <laughs> That's what we found out during our experiment. Fight each other. <laughs> Come on. There's not enough chairs. <laughs> Who's, why are you guys leaving? <laughs> All right. Some of the elevators don't work. How's that? You're going to have to wait a long time if you're going to stop at every floor. No, you don't care. Oh, some of you have been poisoned with the free snacks we gave out. Um, Jason, in California, you're on the Manifest Show. Yeah, you keep talking about Wang, how he's a uh, a bad dude, but and well, it's not a really. experiment. It's it's not a social experiment because this experiment's been done hundreds of times and proven that humanity is a piece of shit. <laughs> well, under the correct circumstances, yeah. I mean, any of us would start to go crazy if there was a lack of food or water. Yeah. You know, it well, happens. Oh, yeah, lack of food or water is definitely different than an overpriced T-shirt. Yeah, and I did. I had that disagreement with Fez when he said it was no different than the... Uh, yelling out fire in a theater. Um, I always do that. I always light a match. I'll yell fire. <laughs> but it's just a small one. No. Just a small one. You can't do that. But I remember Fez didn't answer me back. After I brought up his thing, we just stopped there. That's my social experiment. Um, here is uh, Steve in Toronto. Hey, Ron. Uh, yesterday they opened a premium outlet mall outside of Toronto. And they had to close the busiest highway in North America for opening day. That was yesterday. Uh, people 
They want things so bad that it's unbelievable. Here's the interesting thing. Let's suppose, um, because you will look back on it this way. Imagine that this was 1984, and this video was people fighting over members-only jackets. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, these things are basically the members-only jackets of the day. In the future, that's not; these clothes are not going to hold great value. In the same way, of your kids are going to look at an iPad and start laughing at you. (laughs) Why did you carry around this stupid piece of shit? We have holograms now. How about this? 400 bucks for this shirt. <laughs> but you would think, here's, here's, a, here's, a, uh, fun, here's a, a social experiment you could do. Go to a national park, right? And if you pull off the road, other cars would pull off the road and be like, what did you say? Is there fucking nature I'm missing? Is there nature that I'm, I'm not seeing? What is it? Is, is it a rhino, a woodchuck? What the fuck is this? People just are so afraid of not getting whatever it is. They want it so much. There's a name for that. It's called FOMO, Fear of Missing Out. I've never heard of that, but I love that name. Yeah, FOMO. No FOMO. No FOMO. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, because that's going to, you know. Uh, I was at a uh, Yelp, free Yelp thing where they give out free food and drinks. It's free. The people start standing next to the fucking doors of the kitchen, so when the guys come out with food, they grab them at, at first. Um, and I'm like, you're a bunch of fucking scumbags. <laughs> I'm never coming back to another one of these. I did that once for an open bar that had hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> it was really packed. The fuck, by the time you were, where I was standing first, by the time they got to me, there were no hors d'oeuvres left. Remember when uh, I came back to New York and wiki through the open bar, that and you there. never left it? I never saw you, and I never <laughs> saw Eastside Dave, and both of you ended up working. <laughs> On this show. I just went directly to the bar and the baby kicks. This was my welcome back. I don't give a fuck about you. Come on. There's an open bar. We we were enjoying ourselves. Everybody was having a good time. (laughs) Free wine and beer. The day you told me that story, I went to fire you. Oh, come on. I ended up blacking out that night. (laughs) And that's different health. (laughs) I started throwing that. My big party for him next Thursday. Really? And I'm giving him Friday off. That's the shit, dude. Thank <laughs> Man, you I'm so, so excited. Much. Are we having I, a party here? Yeah. I'm going to bring an ice cream cake. Well, you should, maybe you should be party planner. Because um, okay. you're a girl. I know, I, I knew that that was why. <laughs> I didn't want to be disagreeable. I'll you know, do it. We might get, I want, might want to get him a bouncy house and bouncy house. a clown. As a child, I was at a bouncy house. I was having so much goddamn fun, I pissed myself. <laughs> we are definitely getting one, then. First of all, hold on. Yeah. That's the name of your book, anyway. I was having so much fun, I pissed myself. <laughs> and ice cream cake isn't cake. It's ice cream. If you want to bring some ice cream, you can. But do not bring an ice cream cake. That's okay. retarded. Sorry. No. You're going to learn this as party planner. Okay. Because you're a girl. That's why you're doing it. I want this Alexander Wang hoodie. It's $900. 
<laughs> we should get him an Alexander Wang thing for his birthday. What do you want? The hoodie? Yeah, let's get the hoodie. Come on. What do the purses go for? Purses are about, looks about $1,000 a shot. Average. You know what? Here's the thing. I don't even carry a purse. Th this is what we should do in this country now, particularly in this city. When you see someone with a $1,000 purse, just go, ah, be great. Fucking wasted money on a bag. I'm betting. I can't tell. Like... A thousand dollar purse, a twenty dollar purse looks the same as a thousand dollar purse to me. I, I, I don't know the difference. So I'll just the be laughing at all women. If you light it on fire and it doesn't catch, then it's like very high quality. So really? Those definitely don't catch on fire. Oh, I'll fucking make sure they catch on fire. <laughs> I bet I could burn one of those with gasoline. <laughs> shit, if I was at that Alexander Wang thing, I would have just been spraying lighter fluid over everything. I was like, let's see how high end this shit is now. We're like, uh oh, some guy who just pissed himself is now lighting fires. <laughs> This is so much fun! <laughs> oh, piss is coming out! <laughs> I just white light laughed myself. Like, laughed so hard that I felt like I was gonna faint. Just thinking of you. It's a fucking idiot! Just, I, mean, I, was, I was a small child! You don't know any better. They wanna leave the bouncy room. <laughs> Let's see how much shoes are. Oh, these boots are only six hundred dollars. Step out, take a piss, get right back in. <laughs> nope, nope. Didn't want to miss out. It's a big deal. Didn't want to miss out on the fucking. On the, I, I don't know when they're. Day. I, I don't know when they're gonna close it down. <laughs> it's late. Someone. It was late in the afternoon. Ask someone, p boy. <laughs> it was good time. What did your mother say to you? I don't know. <laughs> Can't even remember. I just remembered it right now. Do you realize how different that you are from Fez? That Fez would have told us that story through tears. And then, after I peed myself, everyone was looking at me. And my dad took my pants off and wrapped his shirt around me like a skirt. Wasn't a big deal at all. Oh, God, that's fucking funny. I had so much fun. I pissed myself. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, I just remember uh, that right now. That's it. You're going to have the best birthday ever. <laughs> I guess there's going to be a lot of piss in this room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to bring a piss bucket in case you're having so much fun. Perfect. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> Hi, Drag Johnny. Hello, boys. Hey. You know, we were talking about before, people don't want to miss out. If you go to a party and there's a roped-off area that's two foot by two foot, and it's the VIP area. Everybody would want to be in there. I, I, know. Don't, I don't understand it. I see it all. I constantly see it at work. Oh, it's the VIP area. And the only difference is that there's no difference. Right. You have to be VIP. Everyone needs to be VIP. Everyone needs to be important because they might miss out on what could happen in the two by two square foot space. And backstage of the concert is just a bunch of guys waiting to walk out on stage. <laughs> backstage of the concert is possibly the most boring place to be. I mean, for me, it's work, but at a regular, like, you go to a show, and like, yeah, we got to get backstage passes. Great. I had backstage passes for the Big Four show at, at, at when it was at Yankee Stadium. I had to walk, like, a mile and a half to get near the stage. And by the time I got there, you're, there's nothing to see. There's, like, oh, look, there's Metallica, and they got their guitars are going on stage. Yeah, they're going to walk now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually see them play their guitars, but we see them tune them and then walk towards and have their backs to us. Yeah, hey, you don't even get to see the concert from backstage. I mean, even if you're on the side of the stage, you don't get much action. It, it's, not, it's, it's just not what it's cut up to be. I, and I don't know if even a rock star has ever said, 
backstage is so great. I hope you all will get the the uh, chance to do it because it's fantastic. I don't know where backstage ever even got into people's heads that it's a good thing. Because you can't go there. And when the show is over, they run as fast as they can to a van to beat the traffic. <laughs> they, 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 no one hangs out after the show. They're trying to get the fuck out of there. They want to go home. They're, they're done. Like we would, our concerts out when we would do like the big concerts in London. There's a huge festival stage in the middle of Hyde Park, and as soon as the show is over, before, before the, the guitars are still making noise, and the band is in five little minivans, and they're racing as fast as they can to get out of the park. Gone. All right, Jenny. All right, boys. See you at the party down the shore. See you at the party next Thursday. I'd like to. Peace. Love Hard Rock Jenny. He's the best. He's nice. He's slowly catching up uh, to Earl to be my best friend. Hmm. I still haven't met Earl. Oh, he's black. <laughs> so, so black. I think Earl's going to be here on Monday. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because of a special guest he wants to meet. He should come for the party. He'll come late to the party and stand over the door like he does everything. <laughs> he comes late to everything because he doesn't drink. Yeah, I'll be here late on Monday. What if he's late to work at the Hard Rock? But he has to be, right? They can't fire him for years because he's black. Good work, girl. And they love him there. All right, so he's good to go. He's got no worries. No, none. <laughs> he's just imagine that vibe. Remember Dave wanted to work there for a while and like Earl's helping him? Yeah. And I'm like, Earl, he's going to make your life a nightmare <laughs> like he did here. He's going to spend all day telling Earl stories. <laughs> and Dave is even saying, oh, I will, Earl. I definitely will. <laughs> That'll make Earl definitely going to help him then. God, that was funny shit. <clears throat> Um, here's, uh, Robert, you're on the Manifest Show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie B? The, uh, the thought that I had was that, uh, he probably just tells somebody who's been counterfeiting his clothes just to fuck with everybody, just gave that shit away and, uh, watch him be animals for free. I, I, I have no idea why his clothes are any better than counterfeit to begin with. I prefer the At counterfeit all. stuff. It's cheaper. <laughs> Uh, filtered Excellence today is uh, pretty excellent. If you're looking for some cool stuff to do, uh, one of my favorites is on here, which is Radio Unnameable. I had the opportunity to see this great documentary about a New York old school uh, talk show host named Bob Foss, who had a 50-year career. But... A big part of this is stuff that was happening on that show in the 1960s. Everybody would would drop by his show. It was amazing. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. You would love it. It looked like one of the best times ever to do. Also, Hard, uh, Hard Knocks is starting back up. Uh, Buddy Guy stuff is out. Harry Nilsson box set, which uh, looks amazing. That Oprah and Deepak uh, challenge that Op uh, that Deepak stopped in for this. I noticed that you didn't put Deepak on the uh, thing this weekend. You hate his guts? I don't hate his guts, just t timing-wise. And then Randy Newman in Michigan and Grand Rapids 
Michigan at this garden place, which I've never even heard of, but it's a, uh, it's supposed to be uh, an amazing place to see a show. That's all up on the Filtered Excellence this weekend. Stuff to do. Only four weeks of the summer left. We got to make the most of it, man. And before you know it, uh, you know, football starts to take up your weekends. I'm feeling the bug. The football bug? Football bug, yeah. Hold it back because you got a long winter. Checking the fucking NFL section of ESPN every day. Not much is happening, but I'm still going there. You get the NFL network? Uh, no. They do stuff from all the training camps constantly. Oh, yeah. See, I probably shouldn't have it like during the summer because then I would be watching it constantly and would just be filling my head with fucking bad thoughts. You're such a football fan. I wonder why you do so bad in fantasy. Me too. I wonder. Because I, I... I gave you my all... Uh, my team only had one loss, was set up to win the whole playoffs. I gave them to you after I quit the, the league last year. Well, I was embarrassed out of the league. Someone let me win a game. Who? Someone in this room? <laughs> you yes. know who. Yeah. On purpose, let me win. Who's so, in the league? All of us. Oh. Um, so. Someone didn't start a quarterback that. <laughs> they left things empty so I would win. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes and then, indeed, Molly. And then uh, <laughs> Kathleen from the Bronx and Blowhard started saying that the league was fixed and I was embarrassed out of the league. Oh my gosh. Well, Everyone else kept playing. Now, me and all my BC girlfriends. Good. I want to hang out with you girls. Okay. No, come on. I just don't want to be treated different because I'm a middle-aged man. No, never. Are you sure? You're just one of the gals. All right, and I want to be at the PJ parties with everybody <laughs> too. You know. We should start with a clean slate of a new fancy football league. Is what we should do. Uh, yeah, you should. I'm not going to be in it though. Uh, no, you got to be. Uh, Molly, you put up something today. On collage art? Yeah, I did. It sounds weird, but it's actually pretty cool. So, how does collage art work? Um, basically, uh, well, all these artists do it differently. I was thinking about collage because, like, I've discovered an old collage of mine from elementary school that is just awful. Just, like, pictures from magazines and, like, letters cut out and it was just terrible. And then um, there's this blog called... The Jealous Curator, it's this woman, she's an artist herself, and she writes about all the artists that she's jealous of, and she's got a lot of stuff up there on collage, so then I started looking at different collage artists, and I found some on Pinterest, and I found out that there are some people who are doing really cool stuff. Well, why didn't you get one of my old ones from school where I always would uh, cut out a picture of a vet? It's like, this is the car I'm going to have. <laughs> <laughs> the only collages I make are ransom notes. Oh, yeah, and here's Ze Zeppelin. <laughs> Zeppelin, vets... Here's some buds. Uh, do you know who Peter Beard is, the photographer? He did his entire life. He documented it through collage instead of a diary. And I think he would take like everything that ever happened to him and stick them in these books. And I don't know if like any one book is more interesting than the other, but as you start to put together a lifetime amount of it, it gets pretty amazing. And he lived in Africa at the time, so I guess he wasn't sitting around. You can do stuff when you're not watching TV all night, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's cool. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. He's also a great photographer, nature photographer, and uh, fashion photographer. 
been with some of the most beautiful women on the planet. He's a guy I always wanted on the show, and Hicks says, no, I won't bring him in for you. <laughs> never said that. Well, you never got Jim Carroll for me, and he died. I Well, that, I, Earl was working on that. I never worked on Carroll. That would have been the best moment of my life. I know. Instead, I got to settle, settle for Patty Smith being the best moment in my life. This is still a pretty good moment. <laughs> I know, but I wanted to have two best moments. <laughs> All right, so let's look over some of your collage stuff. Okay. Are you going to start make these now? Uh, I don't think so, because if anything, these like intimidate me into inaction. I think Hicks could start and do these. Yeah, I, I can bang out some <laughs> you know, You never really have an artistic expression for yourself. No, no, I don't. I would vandalize things with spray paint. Is that artistic? That's a start. Okay. I mean, did you put cool stuff on it or just curse? Uh, just cursing and uh, drug <laughs> references. Like what? Like, um, whatever I should say. All right. On the dance building, and the big joke was all the dancers were fucking gacked up and fucking uh, Sunni Purchase. So I, I just spray paint, this is the Yayo building. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were that old. <laughs> that was my that was my big uh, crowning achievement. I remember the first time I ever saw any graffiti. I I still to this day uh, remember exactly what it was because it was on this trestle of the train tracks. So I got to be like ten or eleven, and someone had uh, spray painted "When I'm dead and in my grave, no more pussy will I crave." And I was staring at it, and I'm like, this is fucking genius. How could anyone think of something so brilliant? So much to do in the world. Yeah. Art's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so that one's, uh, it was like a painting that they cut one half out of. I don't even understand it. Yeah, it looks like he, he does a lot of stuff with like old magazines from the 50s and 60s. So he cut out this woman, um, and then he inserted like the silhouette of a man. Um, like made out of stars. I don't know. I really like his stuff because it feels kind of retro, but also like a little space agey for some reason. Well, that was the space age, so like the the sixties, late fifties, sixties. That what was when they were doing it. It's very sad though. Like the guy died or something. Yeah. That that piece makes me a little sad. Yeah. I feel like she's a widower. All right, I'm gonna start working with collage chicks. Yeah. But only like magazines from the fifties. In 60s. Okay. Like Life Magazine? <laughs> I don't know what kind. You find them. I don't want to fucking worry about the details. I want everyone to think that I'm great for doing it. Get me all the stuff I need. What's... What magazines are around the 50s? <laughs> Do you get Peter Beard yet? No, Peter Beard's not yet been booked. You know, he ain't getting any younger. I try to tell you about some of these fucking people. I know. I get it. Whether you do or not. Oh, I do. So that's Joe Webb. Hicks, you like him? Yeah, this is good shit. Uh, so the collage would be, I guess, that background is uh, some weird pattern, and then he cut the other thing out. Yeah, I think it's it's supposed to be like when when you cut like some material from something and then put it together with other like materials in in a different way. Almost like a stencil, kind of that thing kind of looks like. Yeah, it does look like a stencil, but he cut it all by hand. It's not computer computer edited. A lot of his stuff looks like it is, but it's actually not. And it was probably even pre computer edited, right? Yeah. Like, did he do this years ago? No, no. This is he's like uh, he's a modern artist. He's a contemporary artist. God damn it! That's what I want to be called—a modern artist. <laughs> Sick enough being a modern artist, Hicks. All right. So, but by the way, what's his name? Joe Webb. 
I don't, I don't think there's a good artist name. It's not. Definitely not. I'm Joe, Joe Webb. I'm supposed to be here at the museum hanging up some of my paintings. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't see you on my list, Mr. Webb. The collage guy? Sounds like a made-up name. I would say I am Joe Spider Webb. <laughs> Call me Spider. I just do Spider-Man collages. Hold on. I want to write that down in case I forget. Let's do it. Spider-Man collages. Good. I got a new idea. I'm going to do collages... Only using other collages, and I'm going to glue them on stuff. That shit is meta. It's a collage collage. Thanks. Meta world peace? Sure. Uh, just another note about like the definition of collage. Some mm -hmm. people uh, also call it um, multimedia. It's just like another way, I guess, of saying I always thought you had that video to be that. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, it's not multimedia. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Multi? No, I can't remember. It's probably Multimario. It's so embarrassing. I don't remember the name. All right, I, I got an idea for a collage. I'm going to glue real people to stuff. That's like human centipede shit. I'm dude. doing found art right now. Yeah. And yesterday I um, just welded a bicycle to a canoe. And I sold it for $32,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Banking it up. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop saying that. <laughs> um, all right, let's um, let's see the next one. Okay, this guy is awesome. If you can zoom in on this picture, it's pretty cool. Um, he does like really intricate paper cuttings of um, like all different kinds of stuff. His his work has like sort of a spy feeling, like all like as if all of these things are like different spy headquarters or something um so this is all collage like if you look in the background the buildings and stuff mm -hmm. are cut out of paper all those trees are hand cut yeah i don't think i'm good enough to do that he's awesome it's too raggedy it's pretty crazy oh should it be too raggedy with me it also looks pretty futuristic i think but then there are people who say that his art is influenced by ancient japan which i kind of see too I don't see any tentacles in this collage. Right, people were writing in. You're right. It is multimedia. It is? Yeah. Oh, nice. You apologize for no reason. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> are you dying? No, I'm good. I just picked up a bad cough last week, I guess, beginning of this week. I'm I'm working on something right now. I want your lungs, Fez's heart, and I'm calling this piece Weak, uh, weak Frankenstein. And it's about just <laughs> no, taking no. the weakest things that you possibly could. I'm uh, working on Pips's indigestive system right now. <laughs> My lungs are strong. They handle these Marlboro Reds. <laughs> fucking pack and a half a day. Boy, you at 30 is like the fucking ski jumper right up at the top of the mountain looking down. Nope, it's only, it's only uphill from here. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? The next one is I'm Morgan Jesse Lappin. He's my favorite. These these are so cool. They're like a lot. They're also a lot of found um, art compiled into collages, and I just feel like they're like I don't know. I just think they're awesome. Like I just think this one is great specifically. So he's taking garbage and cutting it up and putting it together. Um. Yeah, he's creating art out of what would be waste. It's a very big thing now. That's how I start working on my canoe and bicycle. It's pretty fucking nuts. I mean, I'd even use that thing. Mm. Don't you just love this, though? Like, look at him. He's... It's pretty great. I just feel like it, I don't know. It reminds me of being a little kid. Because there's a little kid in the picture. Because there's a little kid, but oh, also now, just... Oh, now I'm reminded of that, too. So I used to be a little kid. <laughs> I never pissed myself in a bouncy house. <laughs> 
smoke. It was once, okay? Hey, that kid that's smoking also pissed himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun. I pissed myself. Yeah, I remember. And you were 14? No, Jesus, I was like fucking eight or something. I was in fucking elementary school. Where was that? Some, like, kid's party? It was actually in the school in the gym. They put a bouncy room in. <laughs> you pissed yourself at school. Yeah. Fucking loser. Fuck no. I'm the fucking man. <laughs> fucking, so, fucking, it was fucking great. I, I, it's a good memory. Fuck do I care? I pissed myself. Who gives a shit? You know, know what else I pissed myself when I was fucking 19? Because I got too drunk and drank a bunch of fucking cold medication. <laughs> so what? I woke up after pissing myself for fucking two in the afternoon. In a bouncy Be house? No. Do you not pick up anything from him, Fez, at all? I I wish I could. I understand no, what you, he's saying. That just it, it isn't a matter of wishing you can. It can be done. You're seeing someone not give a fuck. I'm just imagining all the other kids bouncing around in piss. <laughs> he doesn't care about them. <laughs> I wasn't stuck. I didn't take my dick out and spray piss all over the fucking bouncy room. Thank you. It was fucking absorbed in the crotch of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> My point is this, Fez. It ain't what you do, it's how you deal with it. You don't want to just sit and nod along, you want to get involved, dude. He's just saying, he doesn't give a shit. He's a kid who pissed himself and he doesn't care. It's that simple. I saw Dave drink his own piss, everyone teased him for two days and then forgot about it. And then he was like, hey dude. <laughs> Don't fucking tell me what you're willing to do. I drank my own piss. So I want you to get this work done now. He used to yell at interns. If I can drink my own piss, I know you can get your work done. Do it. Hmm. Oh, God. This is why Shelby laughs at you, Hicks. Shelby doesn't do shit. He does do shit. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be drinking some piss later. This is what Not it takes, own. Shelby. This is what it Not takes. Drink it. Here's a funnel. Um... Mike, Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Million bucks. Yeah. Uh, that's got a great idea. I'm going to start making collages of Hicks's soiled underwears from urinary there. accidents, doo-doo skins, you name it. That could be a great fucking, that could make a great collage. All right, now, now um, this guy, uh, Shroff from Motown says it's mixed media. Mixed media, not that's right. Not multimedia. He's right. So not only were you wrong, but then the other person <laughs> telling us. So I did apologize. This is a clusterfuck. For the right reason. Well, what's this one? Why does this guy have Manson on the moon? I mean, it's pretty cool. It's cool, right? This is the one that I probably would uh, like. because. Well, I'll tell you why I think he's done it. They both happened the same summer. Manson was the same time Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Oh, shit. All the great shit was happening. It was the summer of 69. Is that the Amazing Mets? Looks like it. Because that could be the Mets. MVP. Playing on the moon. Here's OJ <laughs> on the moon. It's funny, right, right? That has nothing to do with it. I don't know why that's there. <laughs> um, I think he's kind of funny. Oh, you think O.J. fucking yeah, killing two people? Yeah, you think O.J. No, stabbing no, no, a waiter and his wife is funny. That's so funny, Molly, yeah. You know, that fucking, those people oh. had parents and family and Molly, children. I got another joke for you, Son of Sam. Remember that? Enjoy it. 77. You like that fucking year? Whole goddamn city was freaked out. In the meantime, uh, Pepper was pissed at himself. 977, <laughs> that happened about fucking 15 years later. <laughs> oh, you pissed yourself in 92? Wait, no, 91, I guess. 
I was eight. In elementary school. Eight is too old to piss yourself, dude. And I didn't find. If you were three, I'd give you a fucking break. It was a fucking. It was a goddamn <laughs> special circumstances. It was a bouncy room that I, I don't know. I just was holding it for a while. <laughs> Here's the weird thing about him. He pisses in his pants, but then I see him eating a sandwich next to a urinal. He doesn't know where everything goes. <laughs> his sandwich smells like piss. <laughs> still gonna eat he it, eats though. in there. He doesn't want anybody to say meat. So he takes his sandwich. Urinal? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Have you ever fucking seen me eat a sandwich? No. He eats next to the urinal. Alright, this guy has a fucking weird obsession with OJ, because there's another fucking collage. It looks like ELO album is fucking chasing OJ. <laughs> it's called Space Juice. That's a great title, though. It looks like you could call Photoshopping just digital collaging. Yeah, I guess so, but I just feel like it's much cooler handmade. Well, it's certainly a different uh, thing altogether to be the one who finds it and puts it together. Yeah. But who knows? Someday people might look back on Photoshopping and act like it was, you know, brilliant. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Who's next? Uh, the next person is Beth Hochul. Uh, she, like, some of her stuff doesn't even look, doesn't even look like collage. Like, the one that I have on, on the iBang is... Uh, for some reason, he won't look at what everyone else is looking at. <laughs> is, it just looks like they're, that that's actually, like, where those people were. But she, you know, she cut and, and pasted them there. Uh, she does, she, her thing is, like, to have people looking. Her, her, like, my favorite collection of hers is called Point of View. So these are all people... Just like looking at different things. I don't know. It sounds weird, but you don't have to. You don't have to play it down. It's it's your thing. Yeah, it's cool. You're a collage girl. I think it's cool. I right, go back to go back up a couple. That looks like the like the girl from the uh, end of um, that Coen Brothers movie about the writer that fucking went crazy. Barton Fink. Remember that you kept looking at that one picture over and over? And she was posed kind of like that. Let's get a print of it. Hanging up in the studio. No, because then we'll end up fucking having a devil, a fat devil in here trying to do shit to <laughs> us. Right down with, with a fucking shotgun. Uh, this is all up on the iBang. Under collage art is not what you think, but I feel like, how do you know what we think? <laughs> That's true. Maybe this is exactly what I think. Where you get off, huh? Wait, go, go scroll up. Look at that one. Toy boat. Isn't that cool? It's great. Freaks me the fuck out. It's kind of like... I think if I could be anything in the world, I think I would be novelist first, because I still think that's the single greatest thing you could do. But I might even pick artists yeah. after that, right after that. Hicks, you want to be, you know... Stuntman. Hollywood I meant something in the arts. You're going to pick stuntmen? <laughs> you know, there's no, the, when I was younger, there used to be famous stuntmen. There isn't anymore because of the fucking green screen and the CGI. Shh, fucking stupid CGI, yeah. You know, because it's a lot less money just to make that up than have somebody fall off a building. But they used to do TV specials where they would show you, all right, we're going to wreck a car. Like, the stuntman would come out, all right, and this next thing, he's going to shoot me and I'm going to fall off and land on this. And it was a very exciting show. It was like watching David Blaine. Sounds awesome. Now, fucking goddamn, it's cartoons, basically. It is. It's not the same. It's nowhere near as good. 
Even gunshots, fucking, it's all like digital, just digital gunshots. That really fucking annoys me. You're not me. even wearing the squibs anymore. The squibs are the best. Just fucking explosions popping out of people's bodies. It fucking yeah. look great. And then you have to do your acting perfectly with it, or else they have to relight, re, you know, redo everything. It would take forever. So that was the one place that actors had to one take it. Damn it. What are you going to do? Uh, how much are squibs? On. Let's fucking make a movie with squibs. Sure. We'll call it 101 squibs. <laughs> All right, what do you got next? Becky Comer. She has... My favorite thing about her work is that um, it looks like both very flat and like very deep at the same time. Like for, for the picture that I have up on the iBang, the sky, it just looks kind of cool, I think. That's the one that BD says he wants. See, th that one I think looks kind of Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, it does a little bit. I agree. More than a little. Sorry, it looks a lot. It looks Perfect. very Japanese. Good. He's just being fighty with you. <laughs> I think she's Canadian. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, because there's a Molson right next to that one. <laughs> That's bad. Let me see some of the rest of her stuff, X. You refuse to? No, no, it's coming up. <laughs> Just like you won't have Peter Beard on the show. What? <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh yeah, she has this thing that she does with windows. She like takes pictures out of windows and then puts stuff, I guess, on the glass so that it looks like it's a part of the view. That's what I'm gonna start doing. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that one with the paper people. Thanks. Maybe you can start and do your office in this. Okay. I, it's better than when I just spray paint the windows black. Because I didn't want any sun coming in. <laughs> you know, Hicks, in New York, you can go to galleries, and they're totally free, and see phenomenal works. They do it all the time. There's a bunch in uh, Williamsburg. They, they have, like, uh, gallery week. And you can just go on and just fucking serve them drinks. And, and just go from, <laughs> you go from gallery to gallery. It's great. Gallery openings are great. Over near the Chelsea Piers, there's tons of them, and they're just huge places, and you can go there and go in. And here's what I like about it. I like it better than a museum, because you can look at one person. Yeah, museums are so overwhelming yeah. to me. I feel like when I go to a museum, I just picture it as bands just playing. Ones <laughs> I'm like, what fucking band is playing right now? <laughs> I just can't. I can't make the the constant leap from Picasso to Warhol to Magritte. I'm like, this is too much. I like going to the Warhol Museum. I thought was more fun just to spend that day with him. I, could, I, I think oh, museums, someone should tell them, you guys got too much shit in here. Empty it out a little bit? Yeah, because there's only so much my brain can take in. You don't want to be walking to it so fast. Oh, there's Starry Night. What else did I got to say? Because <laughs> that's how I feel at MoMA. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I, I see Starry Night, but I spent a minute there yeah. instead of, you know, hours. They do, they go for breadth rather than depth. It's just you know it's just amazing how much stuff they have. They've got great stuff, just too much great stuff. The rain room closed though. That yeah, sucks. I saw that. It was all the rage. It was the biggest rage of the summer. Mm. Just hours and hours of fucking people waiting online. I just waited till it rained and then I walked around in that. <laughs> but see, no, then it's not like uh, you know it's not like the rain room because it's not touching you. Yeah. Is it going to open again, or that's it? It's no, done. They destroyed done. it. Darn it. Yeah. That's the whole thing about catching something. Yeah. That's why people were waiting online, Molly. I don't know. I, I guess you're right. 
All right, what else we got? Um, the next artist. Oh, this is awesome! But I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's last name. It's spelled like G R S K O V I C. Gerskovic, I guess. I would say Winterbottom. That's how I would pronounce that. <laughs> I might be off though. His whole thing is like, I've only ever seen him. I've never seen him use more than two images. He he has like images and then he cuts like pieces of them and fills in the holes and like yeah. the other images that he's cut and then he has this collection um that's meant to uh like represent memories whose documentation has been destroyed so like the example that i heard was if you like come home from college and your mom has thrown out like a bunch of pictures why would she do that and that feeling is supposed to be captured in in these collages i love the idea of that yeah he's really cool and and uh, his, he also has like this thing with um, geometric shapes, like I guess all artists do, but That's pretty fucking his cool. in a different way. I like the idea of the memory stuff because I've always been confused why you hold some memories and not others. Yeah, and also why why documentation of memory should be important at all. Like if you have the memory, what does the picture matter? I guess because we want something tangible. Yeah, I don't. I'd rather have a memory than look at something. Mm. And I always think people who have, like, on their desk a picture of their family, I'm like, are you so fucking dense <laughs> that you don't remember who your own family? And they'll go like, oh, you see this? This is my wife and kids. And I'm like, well, you, where are you going to forget? Or, like, if you don't put that picture up, you'll just act like a lunatic all day? <laughs> I never got that at all. Or people who have pictures of themselves up in their own home. Like, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> just like themselves or just not even their family? Yeah, like, just here's themselves. our family yeah. pictures. And you're like, you're nuts. <laughs> you're a fucking lunatic. This guy's good. I like, yeah. this is pretty freaked out. Yeah, he might be my favorite. He's my second favorite. Hicks, do you have any years that are missing from you? My young, I guess my younger years, like pretty much pre-piss is probably is pretty long. There's only like a few fucking memories, like before elementary school, that I, I can really have a tangible memory of. See, I have some really strong like little kid memories. I have none. But then I also have things of, yeah, I don't know whether I dated her or my friend did. I don't want of us. You know what I mean? Like, if you're around on the earth long enough, there'll be some things that you can't quite. Remember, I know we had a big fight. <laughs> I don't remember whether I stole something from him, but I know we're not friends anymore. You know, like I can't quite remember all these things that I, I guess at some point were like incredibly important to me. Isn't that funny? I don't know if it's funny. It's just, it's just strange. Well, that we were just doing that with Fez. Why does Fez remember one memory as horrific? And Hicks remembers his is no big deal. Are they both posturing about it? Is Hicks deciding I don't care about it? Is he more sensitive to it than he acts? No. Or does Fez love the fact also that he gets to relive that embarrassment and pain? And that's like a comfortable thing, you know? Hmm. Particularly since he's, he's wearing the I am the victim suit every day now. This gives him a chance to say this is why I feel the way I do. Hmm. It's always baffling to me. Do you, are you an artist, Fez? 
No, no. I did. I tried to do some watercolors when I uh, got out of the nut hut, but uh, I was really like, wow. Even just without even anyone looking at them, going, that's pretty awful. <laughs> and where did you learn how to do the watercolors? Uh, we just, they gave us paint sets and stuff in the nut hut. So you did it in the nut hut, and then you tried to keep that going when you got out. Yeah, as a coping skill. You could do collage. Collage might be cool. Collage would be interesting. Yeah, because I guess it's supposed to be, like, you're, like, sort of cutting and, like, reassembling your memories, maybe. Okay. Uh, here's uh, uh, Rob. Rob, you're on the running fish. Show. Hey, everybody. BAC two seven six checking in. Old school. Uh, Ron, this I've been around since the Doc Commando days, yeah. and I got to tell you, I think this intern class brings so much to the show. Yeah. Any way to keep them around? Bosch, Classic Shell, Molly. Well, Classic Shell would love to stay around. We'd love to have them. Molly's going to go on and have uh, her college career. You're only going to be a sophomore in college? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Most of the people we get are either before their senior year or after their senior year. Mm. And Molly destroys them. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I had my uh, my semester, like mid-semester meeting. And um, I was talking to Bonnie, and I th I'm going to apply again to, to work here next summer. If that's cool. I think, Molly, by by next summer, uh, it was the... I think she'll be back with a husband and kids next year. <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest At least it. pregnant, you know? No. <laughs> no. Like, she might have to leave mid-internship for pregnancy leave, because, you know, the kid will be due, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> we'll give you a week off. Thanks. And then there's one more artist that I have up here. Her name is Shannon Rankin. So she makes all of her collages, or the ones that I've seen, out of pieces of maps, which is awesome. If you look at the one on the iBang, from far away, it just looks like it's just like, I don't know, some cool design made out of paper. And then there's a close-up, juxtaposed, and it's made out of maps. It should be called the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, have you seen... Uh Snobble is just like he takes a map, splashes some paint on it, and sells it now. No, I How much they going for? Big money? Yeah, big money. <laughs> just say like, yeah, there it is. So here's a map and he put a cross on it and it's for sale. Jesus Christ. Call them navigation drawings. It's wild, right? Look at how long the artist statement is, too. Well, Schnabel is interesting because he will go out of his way, unlike a lot of other people, to explain exactly what his painting means. Mm. Some people will go, look, it's up to you to decide. Schnabel, like, well, the unconsciousness, <laughs> you know, I was almost drowned when I was 19, so I'm drawn back to water. <laughs> so funny. That's cool. He doesn't live far from you. All right, we got a break. Yeah. Great job. Thanks. Fantastic job, as always, Molly. Thank you. When is your last day with us? Um, the Thursday before the last week before Labor Day, the 22nd. No, you are not leaving.
You're not going back to that school. Looks like someone's dropping out of college. And I'm also worried that she'll get date raped there because I saw something where they date rape a lot of college. There's frats on your uh, on your college, right? No, it's oh. a Jesuit school, so they don't date rape as much. I don't think so. Why would you pick an unfun Jesuit school for yourself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a good school. I don't know. I like Boston. Yeah, Boston's great. Plus, you do a lot of drugs up there, right? Meth. Uh, sort of shit out of coke, right? No. You don't have a Yale building up there? <laughs> no. Wait, what did the graffiti say on the wall again? The one that you saw? Uh, when I'm dead and in my grave, no more pussy shall I crave. I mean, it was pretty gen- <laughs> It was pretty genius. It's visual art and poetry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a twofer. <laughs> I know there was actually even more than that, but that's the part that I remember. But I also remember that his... Um, the last line of it was, piss on me, I'm always dry. <laughs> really br- brilliant stuff. <laughs> I remember as we were throwing bottles up against the bridge, I'm like, <laughs> life really doesn't get much better than this. Throwing bottles is fun. <laughs> fucking love throwing a fucking bottle. It's hearing that guy, that thing break is so satisfying. Mm. Especially when there was old warehouses that were burnt out. Just, yeah, we're going to go over and break some, bla- uh, some of the windows. Yeah, let's collect some bottles to go uh, break. It's fucking fun, right? Because I'm fucked up right now. We got into this old, when I was a little kid, in this like old abandoned like dairy. It was like a milk thing that, that shut down. And there was like this thing that used to run the cases of bottles down. And we got in these things and we're like riding it down on the rollers. We were in the crates that would normally, oh, and just riding down these rusty fucking rollers. <laughs> and there was broken glass all over the floor. Then we went up on the roof and we're running around up there. That sounds fun as fuck. It, it was fucking in now crazy. We were running up a roof, and we had to be like three, four stories. Got right up to the peak and I had to stop because there was no oh, roof on the other side. Jesus. And we were like ten or eleven. I would have killed my kids for being so stupid. I'd still be hitting them. I'd be so mad at them for doing any of that shit. But what are you going to do? You live and learn. That's what they always say. You live and learn. Alright, we've got to uh, break here. When we get back, Jerry Barca is here. Uh, It's the Run Fest Show. Run and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Serious XM. <laughs> You've been warned. It's DollarShaveClub.com. Dollar Shave Club, where you're always going to get great razors at a really great price. Just a few bucks a month, and you get razors sent to your home each and every month so that you never run out. You're never caught in the middle of being all lathered up, ready to shave, and then... Oops, forgot to go to the drugstore and pick up those really expensive razors that I need to shave. I guess I'll hack my face off with this old dull razor. No, always a fresh blade with Dollar Shave Club. Go to the website, dollarshaveclub.com. You can read some of the testimonials there from dollarshaveclub.com members. One guy, uh, Jeff, saying he saves $100 a year now by joining dollarshaveclub.com and not buying those name brand razors. Also, they have 
have where you can earn $5 of DollarShaveClub.com credits for every friend you get to sign up at DollarShaveClub.com. 1,000 friends, you get free razor blades for a month. It's DollarShaveClub.com. Go there. Always a great shave without spending a fortune. DollarShaveClub.com. DollarShaveClub.com. So much love to give And I want to give it all to you Close the door No need to worry no more Let's bring this day to a pleasant end Girl, it's me and you now I've waited all day long Just to hold you in my arms And just exactly like I thought it would be Me loving you and you loving me Oh, Lord Let me rub your back where you say it's sore Come on, get closer and closer, so close to me Let's get lost in each other Teddy, it's the Ron Fez Show. 
look at this here. Uh, a person that I would say is a writer of look at listen to this six. Yeah. That's a hardback book and a goddamn big one. Whoa. Unbeatable. Notre Dame's nineteen eighty eight championship. And the last great college football season, Jerry Bark is here. Woo! Jerry, how you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You know, before you were just some guy. Now here you are, writer. Look at the people in the back here. Bryn Lundquist has written something on the back. Tony Rice. Bruce Feldman. This is amazing, dude. Thank How's you. How's it Thanks. feel to, to be finished a book? Uh, it feels great. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it's not. It's something when I when I take time to think about it. You know, a, who'd have thought when I was 11 years old taping Sports Illustrated covers to my bedroom door about this team that I'd be writing a legit book about them? So it's pretty. In that sense, it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I'm happy for you. Thank you, Ron. Thanks. Um, Hicks, where's your book at? I do not have one. You realize you're going to be 30 next week. Yeah, I do. And there's no, no, nothing nothing printed with my name on it. Unbelievable. I know. It, I look like shit right now. You do. And you look like shit because you are shit. Oh, come on. What, that's, that's uncalled for. Unbeatable is the book. Now, when is this going to be released to the general public? Uh, it's... It's available online now, so you can order it anywhere books are sold online. Amazon has a deal where if you order it, uh, pre-order it, it gets to your house the day it comes out, which is August 13th nationally. It'll be in stores across the country on August 13th. How exciting. Now now you got to go out and do a tour around the country? Um, I'm not sure I'm going around the country, but yeah, I'll be I'll be doing uh, a tour of sorts. What do you sorts. think the biggest show he's going to do to promote this book, Six? Uh, Numbers-wise? No, what what will be like the show that he gets to do where people go, oh my god, because I got mine. He's going to do the Tonight Show. <laughs> I think Jay Leno is going to bring him out to discuss his book, the way Carson used to do that with people years ago. Um, what do you think? Today's show? I was thinking he was going to fucking be on PTI. He'll be, he'll be like step in for Kornheiser on PTI because he, he fucking did this book. That would be the smartest idea. Actually, he should get the opportunity at least to be that five-minute guy in PTI. All right, that's that they cool never too. let anybody in the studio. I, I hope I like all of these. I'm available I, for all of it. I uh, am excited about this, but before we get into this, I want to talk to you about a piece you had for the New York Times, which is pretty damn amazing. Yeah, that, and that you know the uh, that started here. That that piece. Uh, I know it didn't show up in the article, mm. but I think it's amazing that I know it. In the back of my head, I know it. You know, I mean, one line. Hey, he was in on the show. Oh, yeah. I would have taken up too much time for the world fabulous New York Times. Yeah. But explain to people exactly what you did with this. Um, well, after Adam Carellis, who uh, is a an active duty combat veteran uh, in the U.S. Army, stopped by here. Um, to talk about the the Fort Bragg Patriot hockey team that is a hockey team made up of uh, all but two active duty military guys. Um, he came in here, talked about what they do to raise funds for wounded veterans and to create awareness for CampPatriot.org uh, and what they do to help veterans. You know, we discussed, you know, I said, hey, there's something to write there. There's something to do. 
And uh, the New York Times, after I left here, spoke to them. The New York Times liked the idea, and I went down there to Fort Bragg for eight days and spent time with these guys uh, in their lives. And it was it was really incredible. On a personal level, it was uh, very humbling to be with uh, guys who are from 23 years old to 49 years old who make that choice in life mm -hmm. that they're willing to you know, lose their life to defend this country. And, I mean, it was different than, hey, it's the right thing to be patriotic, it's the right thing to support the troops. But to see it up close in the everyday, in the flesh, was uh, really humbling and in some ways moving. Not that I would wanted to be soft around them because they were a bunch of ball busters. Well, let's also, you know, even go beyond they're willing to lose their life. They're willing to lose their limbs. Mm -hmm. And they're also, and people don't take this into account enough, they're also willing to take a life. So when these guys get back mm -hmm. here, they've seen some shit. There's a piece out uh, in an English uh, newspaper today. Uh, one in three vets have con contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. One in three of our veterans contemplate suicide. Now, here's what always gets to me about that. One in three people who said, yes, let's go to Iraq, don't think about killing themselves. One in three congressmen don't think about it. One in three uh, senators don't think about it. The guys that actually have to go and see that shit and come back here struggle with it. And this was what's going on with your piece is a way of helping those guys get used to this world. Mm -hmm. For the team themselves, hockey provides a great deal of normalcy. And it's, it is an escape for them. Uh, it's a sport they've grown up with. Uh, all their life, and they can go there at you know this uh, Cleveland ice rink on Fort Bragg and let you know their what they refer to as work, and they only refer to it as such as work, but it's mil it's you know being a soldier. Let that go, and it's a respite between that and going back to their family at night because they still have family responsibilities as well. And then Camp Patriot itself does wonderful stuff with trying to have guys assimilate the assimilate back to normalcy in civilian life which is difficult i mean you we talk about the suicide rates it's 22 veterans a day according to a study released by the department of veteran affairs earlier this year 22 vets a day take their own life that can't be true it, it cannot I, be true that it's 22 a day you would but it's an actual government statistic i mean it's, it's so wait so a week we've got over a hundred people killing themselves. I can't believe that. That's, mm -hmm. That number's too high. That number's too high, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I believe it came out in either early spring or, or late February, something like that. I don't believe that number. I think that number's too high. 22 uh, a day? It seems incredible, right? It seems incredible. Now, granted, you could have, you know, it, it may not just be all recent vets. Um, um, yeah, Johnny and Queen said something for you. Hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah. Jerry, I got the TV show for you. Regis Philbin's new talk show on Fox Sports 1. The new channel coming up. Perfect. Got to do Regis' show. This was the, Regis's last good year in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, if there's any bookers out there for that show, absolutely. I'm, I'm available. Um, you got to hustle a little more than just act like, you know, you're not going to get this the same way you got the New York Times piece. Just come in here, say something on the show, and it miraculously happens. You got to scramble a little bit. Um, we're putting a piece up on the iBang today. Uh, written, it's a book written by a veteran, 
and uh, he wrote it to it is um, uh, uh, is it up yet, Hicks? Uh, not up yet. All right, I'll go up in just uh, a minute here, but we're going to put some excerpts out of his book, and it, he he deals a lot with. He's called the show before, but he's dealt with uh, being over there and. Uh, what it's like to come back. Um, what's the name of this, Hicks? Uh, the post is, War Vet writes about his time in Iraq and coming home. It's from the book, uh, The Song Each Bullet Sings, the story of Operation Iraqi Freedom Through the Eyes of One Marine by Matthew Craw. So you'll be able to go over and check that out and some of the stuff that uh, Jerry's talking about today. So your opportunity to go and hang with those guys is pretty phenomenal, huh? Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, this guy environment, hanging out, busting balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sports is obviously a centering point of it. it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, one thing that struck me while I was down there is just that their normal life is so far different. It's a different normal than my normal. Even you know, driving into to Fayetteville. And um, and they have a Tuesday night is ladies' night at the shooting range and stuff like that. I mean, that right. was clearly a different normal. But just to have guys who are, uh, you know, on these missions in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and these missions continue, and, you know, they're back here, you know, at Fort Bragg, decompressing from that, continuing their training. And yet, you know, there are also guys who have got babies who are dealing with, you know, marriages. A couple of the guys have newborns, and it, it was it was uh, it, it was fun and also just very uh, eye opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Bark is sitting in with us. Uh, your publishing company sent us over some of the books. So today we're going to give out one of your books oh, that'd be great. to a lucky lucky winner. <laughs> nice. Um, I want to just. I haven't opened this yet. I just want to go to see when you dedicate the book. <laughs> if I'm, it would be so cool if I'm in there somewhere. All right. All right. For Ron Bennington, just the man who carries his partner Fez and his producer Chris Stanley on his back. It's superhuman. You thank uh, your parents and you thank your wife. Yep. Uh, your wife in a car accident yesterday, huh? Yes. Yes. What happened? Uh, she got clipped uh, pulling out of some place. Yeah, clipped. Bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The no. fucking beer distributor she cracked between the parking lot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so she got turned around, but she's okay. She's okay. So. So when you uh, the car totaled though. Not no, I, Not it's got to be assessed total? yet. It's got to be assessed yet, okay. so we don't know at this point. Always a scary thing, though. But uh, but I made sure after we got settled, I was like, "You got to bake something oh, for nice. the guys at the Ron and Fez show." So we got cupcakes. You know what? You brought along a beverage. You could have been like a whole little snack together. You know. <coughs> uh, I'm gonna give out a a, a cupcake to. I'm going to give out a cupcake to best intern today, mm. and I got to pick between Shelp. I got, by the way, I got stereo coughing. Fez is coughing on one, Hicks is coughing on the other. I think I, I must have got his cough because I only got it after he started coughing. Maybe I, I caught yours. Maybe you two have been up to something together. <laughs> no, the devil's mm. business. Ew. 
Uh, could either one of you please take some medicine? Because we do a radio show. Yeah. By the way, these halls are dead today. It's Friday. This, it's August. It's a throwaway show. Let's bring in Barkia. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. People do take off August around here. Yeah. August and everything after. Uh, before anyone else gets in, I'm going to give them out to the interns. What kind? What flavors do you have? We have uh, they're, they're, we got lemon cupcakes with chocolate frosting. The chocolate frosting has a bit of a crunch to it because it, it was made with ground up um, raw sugar. Mm. And then we have um, what are they? Red velvet with a cream cheese frosting. All right. So one of them. So you got chocolate and lemon. I guess. Yeah. I've never even heard of that before. It's, yeah. it's exciting. Um, I'm going to do this like Cupcake Wars, and I'm going to bring in the two interns and let them try. The Red Velvet and will probably be yours, right, Hicks? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fuck with well, some Let me try velvet. one of the chocolate and lemons, because I've never even heard of this combination. And I'm a man with a very famous cupcake named after myself. Yeah, I know it was a risk bringing a cupcake in. It is. For it's a a tough but thing. I figured maybe there'd be some forgiveness on the car accident side of things. I oh, yeah, no, none. There's no, there's no, <laughs> no sympathy mercy. here. No mercy. If you're gonna bring in baked goods, you bring your A game. I want each of you to take uh, one of the cupcakes, and then I'm gonna have you judge. Okay. Pass this around. Make sure everybody gets one. One for Chris Stanley. Jerry's wife is always very nice, always bakes us something, but then last time didn't. I don't know, was something Chris said or oh. the constant coughing that goes on in here? <laughs> there are little rocks in this cupcake, so be very, very careful. <laughs> little pebbles. You can't digest pebbles, Jerry. I think it's broken glass from the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how's your red velvet? It's good. Well, you decided to wear most of yours on your face. There's, instead a lot, of there's a lot of flavor on there. A lot of frosting. I do like the Chris Stanley look. And this guy has got the, awesome, the feathered hair going. You know, you're I the think it's second awesome. person that wanted to have sex with him. The other one was Jennifer whatever. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. We should get a hold of Fred, too. No thanks. See if we can give her a call. Well, I don't know. It's Friday. She might have to go pick up her kids upstate. She gets rid of her Jewish kids all summer. <laughs> Jews do not. Now, you spend the summer with your kids, right? Yeah. Jews do not. They just throw their children away. Okay, mommy and daddy will see you in September, Bogola. What? All right. <clears throat> now, normally you just take a little uh, taste of the cupcake, and Shelby has wolfed his down. <laughs> a one-bite cupcake. Shelby, um, how, how do you like the red velvet? Delicious. Wow, and Whoa. he's a prick. Yeah, he really is a piece of shit. <laughs> Molly, you had the chocolate lemon. What do you think? Really good. I think it's also very good. But it, it's like a little crunchy, like you said. Yeah, there's little pieces of glass in I, it. No, I think it's like, it must be sugar or something. I, 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 the, 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 it was ground raw sugar, so that's the texture of the icing is a little crunchy. Could mix it in, don't have a mixer? <laughs> I, I'll take this feedback, and I'll make sure next time she gets it right. Smooth. We like smooth frosting. We don't want goddamn roadblocks in the share. Come on, Jerry. You know, it's really nice, but I was thinking a little turkey club fo first and some chips. Then with a cup of cakes, you get a full meal. You know, I don't have to think the rest of the day. Everything's taken care of. Now we're just having dessert, dessert lunch. <laughs> 
let's go buy a bunch of food from a food truck and not tip them and make sure they tell them what it was. That debacle yesterday. I was... The fucking food tasted just like the box. It really wasn't good. No. no I've never eaten anything good out of a truck. That was from a, the Nutella dessert that you were talking about and all that stuff? No, this is shit that he was eating in Nutella. I wouldn't even bother him. Yeah, <laughs> I thought there was like bananas in it. Like, banana and Nutella is good, but it was just straight Nutella on dough. It's weird. Hmm, interesting. Here's a, uh, oh, he got a hold of Jennifer for us? Hey, Jennifer. What's going on? First of all, how are things with the whatever show? Is that going well? <laughs> the show's going great. I really think it's going to be on for a long, long time. Thanks I was bringing up um, the fact that you were somewhat interested in Chris Stanley this week. I ain't Dr. Drew. And you used the term sexy when you described him with his new haircut. He looks so good. Let me tell you something. That Chris Stanley looks terrific. I love his haircut. It's like the new Jim Brady. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment, is it? Yeah. Hmm. The feathered part of it really helps. I think that's what accentuates it, really makes it come out. What's that even mean? I just... Didn't even take a shower yesterday. Jennifer, what trial are you following this week? Uh, the 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 that kid, the kid, Josh Goker's son. Of course, the name is escaping me right now. I don't know. Who so, that is. But right now, I'm I'm still so upset about the Ariel Castro sentencing. Oh, you wanted him was... to be let out. <laughs> what a creep! I mean, I really want somebody to do something, which isn't right, but it's how I feel. You want somebody but to stab him in prison? He's a vile creature, Ron. He's just a vile creature. Did you hear that guy yesterday, what he was saying? Yeah. There was harmony in that house. But I thought he was a vile creature just from keeping those women captured for 10 years. Oh, you thought I, that was wrong of him? Yeah, I did. I, I had a feeling he might be batshit even before <laughs> we had all the information in. Oh, my God. He's not bad. He's just bad. He's just bad all around. But let's go back to Chris Stanley, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He looks, and you look really, really great. What made you cut your hair? Alcohol. He had a court appearance. <laughs> what do you mean? I was drunk in Montreal. I passed and by a barber. Said, so some people get tattoos when wasted and you this, decide to cut your hair? This is Chris doing his bad boy act for Jennifer. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> now, Jennifer, I mean, you said if your husband was in a coma, you would give uh, Chris a throw. Is that what I said? Something like that. That's fucking I didn't get all the details. fucking inappropriate. Yeah, I don't it's, recall saying that, Ron, but I can't it, imagine. Sometimes when you start talking to me, I just kind of go away for a second, but <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I got the regular the gist of it. Yeah. So the trial we're working on is Joshua Young's murder trial. Do you know who that kid is? No, I don't it's follow. It's a complicity trial. Okay, so it's a very another one of those strange, awful stories that we like to cover on the television. When are you going to go pick up your kids at camp? My kids are coming home in eight days, and I can't wait. Seven and eight days, I can't wait. Now, here's what I would love for you to do with your kids. It would be fun. You put Tell them me. in a lineup and see if you know which ones they are. Just if you can pick them out. If I could pick out which children I'm looking at belong to me? Yeah, because you don't yeah, see dicey. them much over the summer, right? It's a dicey thing for me to have to do. Yeah, yeah. It's curious. I don't know. You said you like summer because you and your husband can walk around naked in the house. We do that all year round. Oh, We're a very progressive household. Disgusting. Um, so, you were happy with the George Zimmerman, or you weren't? We have to revisit this book. This is what I think. <laughs> I never I think know. We, by the way, you need to see the movie The Butler. 
You must see the butler. I it's can't imagine wanting to see the butler. He served so many presidents, though. Same butler. Same fucking guy. Saw them all. It is such a good movie. It's got history. It tells just, it's just great. It's about civil rights. It's fair. It's awesome. Mm, okay. What? I don't know. I just don't like to see Tyler Perry dressed up as a woman. I just find it uncomfortable. Ron. Yeah. Tyler Perry isn't in this movie. This, by the way, this was your way of saying that you went to the premiere. No, I didn't go to the premiere. Or just say that. Screening. How come I didn't go to the screening for the six? I don't know. Who who lined up your screening for you? What what person from booking? No one from booking, Ron. Why are you lying? I'm not lying. It wasn't anyone from booking. Now, how'd you get into the screening, then? Because a a friend of mine who works for Oprah's Magazine invited me. Ah. That's not what it is. All right. right. Yesterday, who's in the studio right now with you? Jerry Barker just wrote a new book called uh, Unbeatable, the uh, George Zimmerman story. (laughs) And it's George Zimmerman. (laughs) Stop How it. he took on HLN and destroyed no, them. tell me. Tell me for real. Who is he? Because I wasn't Jerry Barker was wrote a book called Unbeatable. Uh, it's about Notre Dame football in 1988. What do you guys think about, first of all, congratulations on your book. Thank you. And, and what do you think about the football player using the N-word? Well, I will give you a spy report on that right now. That's just... Thank you. Uh, spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, Riley Cooper is taking some time off. What? (laughs) From the Eagles, taking some time to think and ponder, and uh, off he goes. Wow. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't have any feelings about it. That's between him and the Eagles. I okay. think I think it's going to be very tough for him to make it in an NFL locker room. <laughs> moving well, forward. Right now. From what I understand, that they yell that word at each other all the time. But uh, the one is they yell it in a completely different context. I think I think he could have gotten away with it, maybe, maybe, and I, I could be completely off and correct me here, but if he used it in a different context. But he used it in that video in a pretty racist context. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I think that's what what stops thing that that's what's going to stop things from healing or whatever word you want to use for it from him being able to mend this with uh, his African American teammates. So, but but do you think it's a smart move for the? Now I I don't I haven't had the article in front of me. You do, right, Chris? Yeah. Um, is he done? Is he no longer an eagle? It, it's from the sound of this article. He's still an eagle. He's thinking it sounds like a leave of absence. Okay, from just for just from playing football with the Eagles. Well, I'm sure they have to analyze contracts yeah. and figure out what they can and cannot do to him. Whether it's a free speech issue, whether it violates some sort of moral, moral clause, who knows? There is no, but the NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. One of the reports out and one of the the thoughts of speculation had Jeremy Macklin, a receiver ahead of him on the depth chart, not been injured. Um, over the weekend, that uh, he would have been cut already uh, from this because uh, he is kind of a journeyman type receiver. He's not some. He doesn't have the equity of being a star. You better be a star right. if you're going to be an asshole, right? Well, it helps. Right, right? right. Yeah. exactly right, Ron. Yeah, it always helps if you if 
you have to wait. There's, you have to wake up to that fact that maybe Brady could have done the apology thing, um, but this. But here's the weird thing: it wasn't at a game. The guy was drunk, and you are not bringing people together by getting rid of him. You know what I mean? I I think the only way to to do stuff is discussion. Yes, well, if you're if really you're important. if your end goal is to oh that's create, racist. Pr- what the fuck? <laughs> I don't have an end goal, my friend. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, if your final goal, uh, here, give me a cupcake. I'm so disgusted. Have one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so disgusted. Shelby, full of God, give Ron a cupcake. I need a cupcake to wash this bad taste out of my mouth. So, if your final goal is progress, yes. But I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFL, your goal is to continue to have a great product and win football games and make money. Um, Ron, yeah. Don't you feel like? You were asking me before I felt about the, the outcome of the Zimmerman trial. Don't yeah. you feel like regardless of that outcome, the fact that there's a conversation continuing to happen about race relations is important? I don't think it's a conversation. I think it's screaming arguments. I don't think people are actually talking on either side. And, well, they should. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, some of the people who behave. And I'm not saying you, Jennifer, but some of the people at your network and some of the people at some of the other networks. Right, sure. I think cable news. Totally valid. I think cable news is not helping any of these discussions, and I would love it if just somebody would uh, talk. All right, a couple people are going to fill us in on some stuff. Brandon, you got some inside details on Riley Cooper? Yeah, from what I understand, uh, the Eagles uh, dismissed them for the day for mandatory sensitivity training. This wasn't. A decision he decided to make on himself. It, it's just part of the process of his punishment. So, um, this, all right. this article says he's going to meet with professionals provided by the Eagles during this period of time to better help him understand how. I his think words that's a great idea. Have hurt. I think that's a great idea. Uh, a lot more than getting rid of the guy's thing. All right, try to guess who posted this on their website. Everybody gets uh, a chance. Okay. Five years later, my mom is still dead. <laughs> you know what? 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 Who would have posted such a thing? Oh, my God. Someone who was expecting, I don't know, a, a second coming? Listen. Rules the way I deal with my grief, because, of course, I'm the one who posted it. Oh! I- oh we were supposed guess. to guess. <laughs> Oh, how can I guess about what I've already done? Listen, I you would have the inside track. Listen, I had a really, I've, I had, I've had a really rough summer, emotionally speaking, and yeah. one of the ways it manifested is my eyesight got totally wonky and bizarre, and I had to get glasses, and there's just been a lot of sort of emotional fallout from it, and that's how I vent and deal with my issues. All right. You write down. This is it. I write. I write to get it out. But you said my mom is still dead. What would? What were you expecting? I was hoping maybe that she'd come back. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she right. will. We can help. And with your bad glasses, maybe you can just start calling anyone your mom. <laughs> I can. <laughs> Poor Jen. <laughs> All right, I'll leave you guys. Well, don't worry. You always have the Stewart family. 
the virus. Martha and Alexis. And adore you. Bye, right, guys. Hi, Fez. Hi, Fez. Bye, Fez. And Chris, you really do look terrific. Stop okay. in and do the show one day, okay? I'd love to. Thanks for asking. Yep. Uh, thanks for asking me to do your show, too. That would be exciting. Marty D, you have an open invitation. I think I tell you every time you walk by. I would love I to get an there. invitation here. What would we talk about? Oh, my gosh. Everything. All the current events. Anything going on in the news. Let's do it next week. Do you want to be on the show next week? Let me go over everything. I'm trying to... I want to do a show called My Mom's Alive is Yours. And Do it. Let's do it. Let's do My Mom's Alive is Yours <laughs> on my show, and it'll be awesome. Right. But my, you know why I, I was checking. My mom's in her eighties, and my dad, both of them, doing very, very well, live on their own, doing all their own stuff. And I said, I go, how do you, uh, you know, what do you say about this great health? And they said, you loved us. That's why we stayed healthy. Your love. And I go, really? She goes, yeah. If you would have loved us any less, I'm sure I would have been sick. Definitely. I'm sure that it was because I didn't love well enough that right. my mom died. Well, you so had a lot it. of things. You were doing a lot of other listen, stuff. This is a big lesson, an important lesson for children everywhere. You mm -hmm. better love your parents enough so that they don't die. I also want to do a show with you called Jew and Not a Jew. <laughs> well, we'll go back and forth. Wait, who's the Jew? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come in and do your show. What time is your show on? Nine o'clock in the morning. Now, do I have to go out to your house to do it? No, you can call in. <laughs> I have to come in early uh, one day next week, so maybe I can come by and do it. Oh, that would be great. Just let me know which day. Oh, okay. Keep every day open. Don't book any guests, <laughs> just in case I can make it. This is like Russian roulette. Yeah. I love him so much. Uh, Ronnie B., you are just one of my favorites. Right, Bye, bye, -bye. guys. Yeah, that's our friend, um, Jennifer, whatever. You see her every night with Dr. Drew. Uh, complaining about somebody who's in a trial. There's some sort of case going on. But I don't think HLN even covered, like, Bradley Manning or anything. They never touched that one. <laughs> They're also... No. None of those kind of kids. There's, everyone... Everything has to be... And they're never on the side of the defense. Mm -mm. They're never like, what is the prosecution doing? <laughs> they're always on the side of the prosecution. Put him away. Um, Scratch out pitchfork. Nathan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. It's uh, Nathan. How are you doing today? Yeah. Uh, real quick, you know, I used to I used to work as a, a mason, and I was around guys who were just constantly using the, the C word. And I think for a good bit of time, even after I was done working as a mason, that kind of just became part of my vocabulary. And it took a lot of time and effort to really pull away from that. I'm wondering if maybe Riley, you know, since he's around guys who might be using that term all the time, it just kind of becomes a part of you as opposed, and, and it would take time away from, you know, that element to, like, really pull it out of your everyday vocabulary. Yeah, I would, um, I don't, I don't think that that's, uh, hard to believe. But I can see that happening. Isn't there a clear distinction, though, in the way it's used in the African, com African American community of clear, no. versus er? No. And the way I, you... No, there's not a clear distinction. Because they don't always do that. I, 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 I'm not... Saying that I agree, but I'm also saying uh, that if you really want people to talk, you should set it up where people talk. Not we're suppressing, we're pushing this down, we're pushing this down, and then someone gets drunk and says something that they wouldn't say at work. Uh, here's uh, Captain Blowhard. This is such a non-story. It is absurd, false outrage. 
It's words, people. It's words. And everybody is offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. Well, life is offensive. The minute you wake up out of bed and you start doing what you got to do in life, you're offended. And the thing is, this is a league that hires wife beaters, murderers, thugs. This league hires the worst of the worst, and yet the guy gets Very drunk true. and acts like a dick and says something, and we're going to hang him out and have a lynch mob over a word. What is going on in this society? And then we got to start saying things like the N-word, the C-word, like we're a bunch of eight-year-olds. Ooh, he cursed. He said the C-word. I get confused after a while because I don't know what F-word is what, what C-word is what. It's language. And the more we empower these words, the more we make it seem like it's a, a, a death penalty sentence. It's absurd. The guy should just apologize, and that's it. Why do we have to lynch this guy? Why do we have to make speech such a... I, I, I'm just shocked and dumbfounded that this is such a non-story, and this guy is going to be labeled now for one stupid drunken moment when we all have stupid drunken moments, and we all say things we don't mean. We all say stupid things. It's a word. How can people be so offended by a word? I could see if he went up to a guy and said, hey, nigger, and punched him in the face, but he just says a stupid word. I think he was looking to punch somebody in the face. Well, though. maybe he was, but, you know, I just think it's just such a, with all that's going on in the world, with all the problems we have, we're so concerned with, 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 with a word, and a word that some people, we have rules now. Well, gee, if you add an A and you're black, you could say it. If you're white, you That can. makes Barker look stupid. No, what you just said makes Barker look stupid. Here comes Big Jay Okerson, Eagles fan through and through. Oh, yeah. When you cut him, he bleeds red. Because he's a human being. Um, but also, I think, for the Phils. Uh You heard this thing, uh, Riley. I'm, I'm is so now, excited. This is what you guys are talking about. Yeah. yeah now he's suspended. Yeah. Is it, he's now officially suspended? Well, today? I don't know if he's suspended. They're, they're giving him time to go. Like a leave of absence, pretty much. See a nut doctor. Yeah. I, that, I really don't get that at all. I don't get the. Uh, I think the apology is always essentially a waste of time. I get you got to say the words. Right. But I think he made in his apology the same mistake. It's almost like putting on a play for the world. I feel like right. Paula Dean had the same thing when they asked her. The question that gets him every time is when they go, "Have you ever used this word before?" Mm -hmm. And Paula Dean was like, "You know, once, like once." Right. It's like very, uh, you know, that's very convenient. And then Riley Cooper had the. Uh, he said, no, never. My parents raised me right. He goes, that was the first time. Like, you're looking, and I went back and watched the video. Like, I'm looking for a sign of shock on his face when he said it. Like, ooh, did that just, that felt right. That yeah. felt good. Um, uh, I, I, was, I will say this easily. I was raised in a neighborhood where that word was used all the time. Of course, And yeah. I was probably well into my late teens before I found out it was not socially acceptable right. everywhere. I mean, I knew it wasn't socially acceptable, but I mean, if I ever got called for saying it, I think the, you know, the hype up builds up. Oh, if this was an isolated incident and there was no one filming him, right. it's a no harm, no foul. I don't think Riley Cooper legitimately hates black people in any way. I think it was an, an emotional reaction to a situation where his buddies were around him. Right. He didn't think it was going to, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I know you got to make the apology, but then to go through all the, like, the rigmarole of like, he's going to go see a, 
a shrink or whatever they're going to have him see and talk to. It, it's such a waste of time. Like, what? You, it, but it, it's, it's putting not on a waste a, of time. But it's putting on a show for who? That's what I'm always wondering. Like, who's it for? It's not going to change anything about him. He'll say it will, but it yeah. won't. And I don't even know if anything about him really needs to be changed, other than you know, keep your eyes open for you know, cell phone cameras. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think nothing has to. Well, be also, about it came out that the word is used pretty constantly on the field as a way that people are yelling that back and forth at each other, and probably black people themselves yeah. uh, are yelling it back and forth at each other. So, do flags come down? Do we pull those guys out of games when they do that kind of thing? I mean, yeah. how offended yeah. are we? That's what I'm always curious about. And the stuff that Blowhard said today. You really can't argue with it. Whoever said that this uh, that being offended is something that shouldn't happen to a no. person? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you don't challenge anybody ever. But let's suppose this. Suppose that you go into a diner and somebody, you look over and they're eating four stacks of pancakes. You're offended. But there's, you can't call the police. <laughs> this person is a glutton. You know People what I mean? starving. Or somebody smells bad, or somebody's too loud. We go through life offended. Well, it's funny if somebody smells bad and you say something, you've actually offended. Them. Like they were offended. It's like a back and forth offending each other, right? Because the person who smells bad will then be offended at me. Well, let, let, let's uh, give this thing too. Uh, you could. You've just written a book called Unbeatable. Yes. You could make the case that the Fighting Irish is a uh, a stereotypical name that is hurtful to people. Yet the Irish don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Well, the Irish don't seem... They're like, yeah, we do. We fight quite a bit. I'll tell you, I mean, the, the leprechaun, who's yeah. the, the guy who is the logo for Notre Dame, is, you know, a... a iteration of the Thomas Nast racist cartoons that right. were done that made Irish people out to be gorillas and animals mm -hmm. when there was great racism against them in this country. Now, that obviously over the time has shifted, but there was a movement in the 90s uh, with a, a, when the administration changed at Notre Dame where the executive vice president there wanted to get rid of fighting Irish. They didn't get rid of it officially, but all the uniforms said Irish. None of it said fighting. They were interlocked NDs instead of the leprechaun. Now, I don't agree with I that. Even, I didn't even know that. Well, yeah, because it was, you know, it was, subtle. it was subtle and, you know, it, it wasn't made a public thing, but it did go on. There was that movement. Now, I'm half Irish and you're right. I don't care at right. all about that. And it's it's part of their nickname. I think with the Riley Cooper thing, I think and Blowhard also made some good points about we let all these, oh, the NFL lets all these different kind of individuals into the league. He just doesn't, ha he's not a star enough to get by it. And the fact that when he says this, it's not just a guy saying it. He's actually representing this product that the NFL has wanted to no, purify well, and make it not what it is. But let's truly. be honest about that. If you're out on your own at a shitty country show, um, how come no one's, uh, how are you representing the Eags? He wasn't wearing his jersey. I, 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 would, I, I would think he's still an employee, an employee of the team, and, and it comes with it. There's so, a certain well, level right, you're going to be held to account. All right, let's no. play this game. When Chris Stanley goes out on the weekends yeah. and he's drinking and drugging, yeah, does he represent SiriusXM? I, 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 I would go out of my way to say, look, you do not represent Sirius XM. You Thank get you. that through your head. <laughs> you know, I, I he wearing his hoodie? Today. When, the, when the person at the milk truck tweeted out, I didn't get tipped, mm -hmm. 
Everybody's a mess. I would tell my employees, you do not speak for our company all the time. Um, I agree with you, but good. I think if you take, if you nervous. take the, but if you take the, you can take. Someone will make the other argument, and they they can win with that argument. I'm going to make this yeah. argument for the Eagles, six and ten. That's the <laughs> argument I'm making. I hope. That's the thing that offends me. How much did you I don't love? Want to go uh, back to that. How much did you love that Michael Vick's first one will come back and goes, "Hey man, people mess up. He just got to give him a break." I am telling you the truth. If you really want to be a good person. You've got to take some of your judgment out of people because maybe they haven't evolved. I'll give you another example of the hypocrisy of the race stuff. This year of Big Brother, uh, it's because someone mocked, this blonde girl uh, mocked out two of the black people. And she's supposedly be a, a horrible person. You called her horrible, right? Yes. Last night, she put some of them up board. The black people said she's a redneck because she's from the South. No one is saying, hey, how dare you compare everybody from the South to redneck. Why? White people don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. White people have decided, and maybe because we're the majority, we don't give a shit. It surely so saves you a lot of hurt feelings when you don't give a shit. You got to have it a little. If once the white people have it a little worse for a little longer, maybe then it's like it seems like trivial. Like, it it to, is to trivial though. Maybe no matter who we, you're talking about, maybe we put better adjectives in front of the like fighting Irish. Like, mm-hmm. The Irish probably don't care because like fighting's like it almost seems like right. cool. Like if it was like you know the Virginia Tech like awesome blacks or something like that. Or maybe this, then the Washington the, yeah. the sexy Redskins. I would like. What if we just did well dressed before anything <laughs> well, or fit? We use the term fit. Um, here is um, Eric. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys. Every week I travel from Iowa through Mississippi, well, Missouri, Mississippi, Arkansas, down to Louisiana and deliver. Hold on, I'm tracing it on a map. (laughs) Okay. All right, go ahead. Okay. So anyways, as you go farther south, the word nigger becomes more acceptable. And it's, it's accepted by the black people, it's accepted by the white people. They know that it's there, they know that there's prejudice, and you know what? They just live with it. They don't. They don't cry about it. Now that we have all this social media, everybody has a voice. Everybody has an opinion on everything. Well, you know, you know what? Right let... Ronnie Bennington sucks. Yeah. Ronnie Bennington, you know. And then there's people that say Ronnie Bennington's the greatest guy in the world, which I agree with. But but it is interesting. You can also, if you just aim it at one person and say that he's shit, you can get away with it. You just can't say. Although you can say Americans blow. No one will get upset about that. Or Canadians suck. That's not considered so bad. Or Russians. Yeah. You just you have to keep it as a country. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, but I think when you, you feel that more, and I, I felt, when I travel out of the country, that's, that hits harder when you are the minority. Oh, that is true. I, when I'm in England, I hear people going like, ah, stupid America. You're, yeah. you're always, there's a little thing in you all. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like hyper patriotic at all, so... It's funny when I go somewhere I else, that you with, feel that you feel when someone's like shits in America, you're like, hey, this I say place that with, sucks. With uh, flag burning, that I don't mind when Americans burn our flag, but I get really pissed off when I see foreigners burning our yeah. flag. It seems, but if I see Americans, I'm like, eh, eh whatever. 
It's that same feeling, yeah, the Thanksgiving fights with your family. It's like mm. you can say anything you want. Jeez, I got to start really getting ready. That's coming, too. <laughs> Thanksgiving fights? Yeah, I better start and get back in the ring a little bit and get prepared for everything that's going down. Start running some steps. Uh, how's everything going with you, dude? Good, man. Good. I've been traveling around a bunch. Um, listen, this show got me through my... I was at the Montreal Festival with Bob, Bobby Slayton hosting the Oh, Nancy yeah, the show. <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Bobby was... Uh, it's amazing how much he's opened up to me now. Now we're best buddies. <laughs> he really makes sure he goes, he goes, tell people how nice I was. I gave you a good intro. He never drops anything. Never. So that night that you and I... That day that he was in here, when the listeners got mad at him for Patrice... Uh, he's tossed and turned, and then he goes, you know, I'm banned from the station. I go, no one said you were ever banned from the station. Yeah, I saw him that too. He said, he goes, I don't think I'm allowed on the uh, the O&A channel anymore. I'm like, I don't, I've never heard anything to the sort of that. Like, I don't know where he gets it from. <laughs> <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard from anyone. The the listeners just got pissed off about him that day. Well, he did. Get, it was weird. He defended himself very weird. Yeah, he's... He gave a Riley Cooper defense <laughs> yeah, he, on that one. He was the Riley Cooper <laughs> of that occasion. Uh, people writing in, I'm surprised that Fez didn't have any opinions on this. You never know when Fez is going to show his sensitive side or not. We can never, honestly, uh, be 100%. I want to plug one more time, though, about this uh, book that we're excerpting here. Is the name of it again, Chris? It's The Song Each Bullet Sings, The Story of Operation Iraqi Freedom Through the Eyes of One Marine by Matthew Craw. Now, you did your thing where you dealt with veterans. Your next book should be you over in Afghanistan, front lines. Embed. Bizzles, yeah, embed it. Uh, bullets whizzing by. Um, that would that would be awesome. I think in my younger days, I, I certainly would be up for that. I don't think with the four kids. Generation Kill, too. Yeah, Generation Kill. I mean, that's an amazing, amazing book and read that Evan Wright did. But, uh, uh, this book peaked at number six on the veterans' uh, book list, number 10 on the Iraq book list. Number twelve on the Iraq book uh, war book list. If I should have went from the bottom up, it would have kept sounding better. But good <laughs> stuff there, huh? You'd like to have these kind of numbers, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You hoping for a New York Times bestseller? Oh, I don't know about that. I just I am making Amen. the prediction today. New York Times bestseller. Ooh, this is I the like book that. that he wrote. You should do the next one on the front lines in Afghanistan, but still write about college football. That would from be great. Yeah, just like for some reason, you just happen to write. You yeah. just happen to write it there. <laughs> <laughs> the guys listen on a radio to games. In the they do. <laughs> they do. Well, you always see those guys gathered around, like yay! They show them at halftime. Um. Well, it's nice to see this happen, you know, I mean, because racial relations in Philly have always been so good oh. and so taken care of. This this Riley Cooper thing has shocked a uh, a city. When they announce him before the game, it is going to be 50-50, <laughs> massive cheers, massive... Like every other player, though. But they'll be the most divisive, yeah. like, cheering you've ever heard in that city. Look, I will tell you the truth. I heard my dad yell that at Richie Allen. When, uh, not my dad. My uncle yelled it at Richie Allen when I was a kid. So I have heard of the games. <laughs> happens. It does happen. You're not going to get around it. I'd be funny if his apology was just like, I didn't mean a word of what I said. Um, I would never fight every black guy in a place. <laughs> yeah, never. It's a losing battle. Yes. You're not going to win that fight. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I was just joking. Posturing. I would fight one small. If I, you know, that's the other thing. He doesn't look that big without his pads on, does he? No, no. He doesn't look that big, big with head. his pads on compared to other players. 
I picture a white guy just uh, getting ready to go to an Eagles game, staring at his Riley Cooper jersey <laughs> he bought before this, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> just pacing back and forth in the room like, do I just go T-shirt? <laughs> I want to wear the colors. It's the only thing I got. And by the way, this is the second time I heard that these concerts get rowdy. I don't know what it is about this Kenny Chesney, but apparently the white people... Uh, just left a mess in Pittsburgh and we're fucking scrapping and being assholes. There. It's probably because you just get so fucking drunk at this thing. This thing has to be the. You got other shows to get drunk at. Why are you acting crazy at this? Well, point? I picture it's like NASCAR. It's almost like no one really digs what's happening. It's like an excuse to really get hammered. So you're saying no one that goes to NASCAR likes it? I think some people, but anyone I know who's been before and they're yeah. like, "Do you got to go?" And I always say, I don't really care about cars. Like, you get hammered. Is, you can bring a cooler in. Right, all right. You can stay, yeah, well, sit in the middle and drink. I heard that they are uh, completely losing viewers and people showing up. That NASCAR's in trouble for the first time in years. And I'm saying, football's next to follow this. Um, did you see what's going on with, uh, I guess, in San Francisco with their new stadium? That your smartphone will be tied into it, so you'll know where the shortest lines are. Basically, having a wired stadium. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought both you guys would find this interesting: the red zone TV that Jacksonville wants to put in their end zone. Instead of just showing the plays that are going on, the red zone will be up at all times, so the people in the stadium won't be missing out on their fantasy football action. It's so weird. Like, Isn't it the strangest it's, it's, thing? It's like uh, you get people seizures. It's like too much information. <laughs> it really <laughs> like, focus, is. Like, focus on one thing. I, it is really weird because, and I wish I wasn't doing it, but mainly because the Eagles are playing like shit. Yeah. I'm a red zone watcher red more than any one game. It's not great. It just keeps you sweating and yelling <laughs> instead of having a nice. But I want to see that quad the box. The the thing is. You're seeing the scores, but you have no idea how they got there, nope. mm -hmm. and no idea what the strategy is, so you're really not watching the game. Yeah, you're just watching end zones. Fucking, you're just watching touchdowns over it's and over It's the again. exact opposite of being a football fan. I think fantasy is becoming more popular than actually actual football. Because there's like the articles coming out of guys just making money, just they, they don't have jobs, they just play fantasy for, for fucking money. That takes leagues. me back to my initial thing. If the NFL would just let you bet on single games... They would have everybody watching every goddamn play, and suddenly people would be following offensive linemen like yeah. it was important. <laughs> that would like be only let you bet on like yeah, you can only bet single games, but they don't let you bet on teams now. It's not legal. The thing in Jacksonville is disgraceful. I mean, that's just you're putting the flag up <laughs> to your fans, being like, "We're going to be non-competitive. There's no need. We're going to have this there because when our shitty team that we field." Isn't doing well. You can have it as a distraction. I, I, I'm not into that. I, well, let I me think... just say this: there's nothing happening in those end zones anyway. realistic. They tarp them. Um, <laughs> Some kid will be like, "Dad, look! It's it's the game here." But, but it goes watching. back to that: should going to the stadium be a worse experience than being home? People have this experience at home where they're watching their team as they're also paying attention to the red zone. Then her. why go to the game? I heard the Eagles uh, stadium's going to have uh, up close magic for the uh, games going on. <laughs> hey, the fucking, by the way, I feel the same way about the Philly Fanatic. I don't want that fucking asshole coming around when I'm watching a ball game. I despise it. 
<laughs> I, mean, I, I also don't need anybody to help me yell out J-E-T-S. Either. Oh, that the fireman. <laughs> the fucking they're looking for a new one. Yeah, they're, they're, handing yeah out, gone. they're handing out cards. Like They're, they're going to hand out cards. You could be your own fireman, Ed, or whatever. And sh- sh- fucking and instructions the on the chance. And the he did, his Twitter account was filled with people telling him he was a cock. <laughs> he hated it. He just um, got sad. Yeah. Yeah, he just he couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't deal with Sanchez either. He said no more away games or something like that. All he right, said. so uh, you vote no for red zone in the in the end zone. I think it's a joke. No. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, have your phone with you. I mean, you could check if you really need to check it out. Throw it up. Fucking blast it on that giant screen. I, here's what I, I uh, believe. That the stadium is not a stadium anymore. It's a TV set. It's a studio. And everyone's... The, the fact that they started acting like we need uh, to have replays in the stadium is the day it stopped being a live event. And they're going, hey, we get it at home. Why can't we have it in the stadium? When you have people looking up at that screen instead of the game, when you're stopping for commercials, yeah. and 90,000 people sit <laughs> while people at home, and you have to hear the same fucking Aussie song... <laughs> for 15 years, no matter what stadium you're I in, know, I know they, they, they had the rights. They have to play that shit. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it's not real. It's a TV studio now. It's not a game. Well, didn't da- I mean Dallas kind of set that precedent with like the screen there actually interferes with the game once in a while. Remember oh, the, the pun, like the punts, right? The punts yeah, were getting yeah, it. Get- and it's because we need something more than the game. The game isn't enough for us. But you know, the red zone reminds me of what happened with movies, where like, hey, we found out that people like a car crash and like an explosion, so we're going to make them wall to wall. You know what I mean? It's just wall to wall. You don't. You're not tied in with the characters at all anymore. You know, I'm. I'm a. I judge myself for it, but I, I do understand like the idea behind. It. I think they're catering to the bad part of people because I'm very much need like an overload of my system too. Like actually, when I listen to this show, mm-hmm. I listen to it on the app. While I'm listening to it, I. I and often I have the TV on mute and I'm playing right. like NBA on on Xbox. Like I was, a lot of things happen, and I I can't do I can't just play a video game and listen to the game. Right. Like I always have. Uh, I do the same thing. I have the radio on and I'm listening, and it's it's a very weird like an overload of system. Like I'm listening, I'm laughing, I'm also trying to win the game. A lot of times, but I need that. I almost require it to be that much of an overload. This is a very weird thing when the, uh, I had my uh, game hooked up. Uh, during the last thing, uh, Heat Spurs, and then during the commercial, I go over and keep trying to play my part of the game. I'd be the Heat going, "Oh shit!" All right, wait, back to the real game. <laughs> because you're like, I need something every second of the day. Yeah. Every second of the day. And in between that, that's why I have a hard time even batting around the idea of quitting smoking. So I'm like, well, what do I do while I'm on the phone? What do yeah. I do? Like, what do I do yeah. while I'm like you know texting the, or emailing? What I have to email? Like I sit outside and smoke cigarettes. I can't just sit on a couch and just email. Well, this it is a, ridiculous. A, it's also another thing for me with the drinking, is like how do you separate this from relax time? It isn't so much for even for being drunk, but you know when you open up a beer, you're like this represents relax time, everyone. You know, but when you don't have that. What are you supposed to do? Have a fucking potato chip? Yeah. But I was always something funny why I never even got locked into drinking is just that. Like, it, you actually have to dedicate a little bit of time and effort into not much, obviously. And it's, uh, 
but like to get drunk, like a beer doesn't do it. Like that's why I've always been a, a weed guy. But much even, like my friend Hicks over here, it's it's an immediate reaction. So it's like I want to relax and you, mellow out. Like a yeah, couple but of even hits with, here. Even yeah. with the weed, it's also important that you fucking clean it and fucking roll it. And that's all part of sure. Or you have a one hitter. That's all part of the. Hey, I'm putting away the rest of my life. This is fucking weed time. The, uh, the so ritual, I can't, yeah. yeah I can't down. do anything at work. Well, Hicks does. <laughs> no, I, I come on. I'm Someone sober. said that you were fucking smoking weed in the fucking stairwell here. No, that lies. Well, that was me who said it. Oh, why, why would you spread those <laughs> I was mad at you, and I just wanted to... <laughs> I was talking with the, well, I was talking with the bosses, and didn't have any, they weren't paying attention to me. Okay, so, so I just said, hey, by the way, I think Chris Stanley's smoking weed in the stairwell. That, that's how... That's what All just, the attention was on me great. then. That's why he got the corporate haircut, so people would believe him. When, when, he said he didn't, when he said he didn't, he would have the... Uh... Uh, I want to uh, put up uh, this piece here. This is a police chief. That has been uh, suspended. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, I saw it last night. Uh, Taking on the libtards uh, (laughs) right now. Um, Now, let's just play a little piece of it. This is Kessler. Kessler over there in uh, Pennsylvania. We'll play a little bit. I want to make this video today because (laughs) they're at it again. They just don't know when to quit. And neither do we. Kerry says, U.S. will sign U.N. treaty on arms regulations despite lawmakers' opposition. Secretary of State John Kerry, that piece of shit traitor. Who is he to decide what we can and can't own? And fuck the UN. Who are they to decide what we, the American people, can own? I have a message to carry. End of these cocksuckers over in the UN. Here's your fucking agreement. Sign anything you want to sign. It's not going to mean shit. Don't fucking mean shit to me. You know what I have to say? Come and take it, motherfuckers! Come and get it! I think it would have been better if he would have shot the camera. It's the only thing that I uh, disagree with. You should have shot the paper. What's the other piece we got on? Uh, now he's wearing. Is that shirt. really the chief of police? Yeah, yeah. he's the chief yeah. of police of this chief. town. Oh, and what is the uh, uh, what does the shirt say? His back of his shirt says "Liberals take it in the ass." Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact is, I mean, he is true. It is true. You can't get around that. Um, Fez's comeback was nice. So let's see what we got. Fuck all you libtards out there. As a matter of fact, read my shirt. All right. Get a good look at that, okay? Because part you take it in the ass, and I don't give a fuck what you say, so you just gonna go fuck yourselves, period. I, I won't be going to D.C., and I don't give a fuck. You, just, you fucking maniacs want to turn this into an uh, armed revolt. Knock yourselves out. I'm not about that. So, see you on the other side. Is that a... Is that a um 
a voted-in position, chief of police? No, or is I that don't think promotion? so. I think like the the mayor makes you chief of police. Like sometimes they can change uh, with new mayors or whatever. But I don't think you. Ru- they get appointed. A sheriff gets elected. It, it, it's, but, a, it's appointed. But, yeah, it's an appointed, appointed position. position. Yeah. yeah. What what a town! Fuck Riley Cooper. You don't want to be a black guy caught speeding five miles over the limit. In I that don't town, think you want to be a like. white guy. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I think Rush Limbaugh would even be nervous. <laughs> Not in baggy Look shorts like I'm wearing. Still feeling like he's coming off like a pussy. But this guy, I think, got a thirty day suspension with pay, probably. I don't know. <laughs> they suspended thirty know. days. So should this guy be a cop? Uh, anybody got a problem with him being a cop? I don't think he should be a cop. Yeah, I don't think he should be a cop. I, I think he's I think he's like a hilarious character in life, yeah. but he should be definitely like quarantined in some way in his like world. I can honestly say bowl. I don't see the difference between him and any other cop. All right, if you turn around <laughs> and look at this, this is a vet that we do like. He was uh running along and a little kid couldn't run. He's a Navy SEAL, so he ran with the kid. He's everywhere. He's all over the news. No one brings up the guys that are killing themselves every day. But we (laughs) love the vet that does something sweet. We love seeing the vet come home and their kids run to them and stuff. But when a vet has trouble, no one gives a shit about it. One of the things when I was down there, I asked him, I said, do you think, and I said, I'm not asking you to make a huge judgment call on the American public, but do you think we've for kind of forgotten about what you guys deal with when you're over there? And these guys said to me, they said, yes. You know, it, it, they said the closest thing that it hits home to what they face is when the Boston bombing happened, that that brought some of the reality they deal with over there, that people could begin to see what it's like. It's a really great point. And people were like, well, this is unacceptable. Let's throw as much heat as we possibly can to get these two guys. And they lived like that forever. And we're not outnumbering people, what, 10,000 to two or whatever mm-hmm. that was. That's a really great point. But, yeah, you could take back to them because I'll speak for America. We don't give a shit about the vets. We've never treated them good. We're fucking selfish, goddamn knuckdraggers who just... Pointed her, pointed her own mouth like baby birds, demanding to be fed at all times. But what is uh? I mean, like the common man can like do whatever he can, I guess. But it's like it's also has to be a government situation to take care of them. Like yeah, but what, we what, all... what, can, what can you do in your daily life, honestly, other than like you know show your appreciation? I guess. But you could also demand of Congress. You could demand. Look, sure. these fucking people will jump through goddamn hoops to get reelected. Let on that that's one of the things that you care about. Uh, let me tell you something about the American people. Teachers are real heroes. They're the most important things. Will you give them a raise? No. Not going to. We need our cops and our first responders. Will you give them a raise? Uh-uh. That's why I like this cop over here, but Kessler. They do, they, do, they do pull together for a rally over our Big Mac workers getting a couple more bucks, though. That's important to I America. I didn't see that rally. Wow, they're, they're stirred up about those What's, what's going over here, Hicks? Oh, Egypt? Looks like it. The Muslim Brotherhood's fighting everyone. Let's see if I can get in on that, would you? <laughs> you just got knocked out of power. Still, I feel like we're making a fucking comeback. And it said, don't even call it a comeback. What are you writing to me? You should take a break. Just say that. We should break. I got to write what you type all the time. All right, we get back here. Uh, we got Big J sitting in with us. Jay, got any gigs you want to plug? Uh, I'm actually going to Sturgis Spike Week. Nice. Uh, next week, I'm going to be there uh, covering it for Country Music Television. 
CMT. Yeah. Turns out, probably going to hear that N-word a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you should go out there with one Kessler shirt, yeah. and the next day your Riley Cooper shirt. My yeah. Riley Cooper shirt. I'm going to tuck my jersey into my jeans like a real white guy. Unbreakable. Coming. Uh, unbeatable. unbeatable. Unbreakable was that other movie. Unbeatable is coming soon. We'll be talking about that a little more. And we should break. Uh, we'll be back with more questions. It's the Ron Fez Show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. Turn off the It's the Ron and Fed show. Teddy Pendergrass coming uh, as artist of the day. Big J Ogerson in with us. Doing Sturges, when is that, next week? Yeah. Um, the only time I ever was in Sturges, it wasn't the bike week. All right. And nothing was happening. It was like, it's wow, desert, this place right? is, yeah, this place is pretty empty. Uh, let's get out of here. Boom. We just stopped for a second. Uh, but there'll be, what, 120,000 people, you think? Probably. I'm going to be yeah. living. It's a, they, they leaked the information to me very slowly, mm -hmm. like how it got like worse and worse. Like. You're going to cover this thing for CMT? It's great. And then like about three days ago, it was the news of like, and you're going to have your own camper. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Camper. Oh, and it goes, uh, cell phone service is a little iffy, iffy out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's going to be a bunch of guys who might punch you for looking at their floppy-titted fat girlfriends. Well, you always have a camera with you, though, so that's very hot. I know, yeah. yeah. Like, Jack hey, guys, style. You, uh, before you beat me up, you guys want to yeah. be on TV? Did you get that? <laughs> Laying on the ground. Did you guys get that? Jerry Barker here uh, with his cupcakes. His wife is fine. Unbeatable will be giving out a signed copy of this a little later on today. When uh, your books came into us, we were all hooping and hollering for you. Well, thank you. We thought Thanks. it was impressive. You didn't get your books yet. I didn't get my allotment yet, no. <laughs> Now, like you said, we might even be able to get more of these. They yeah. wrote you a nice letter. Because mm -hmm. they wrote on the cover letter, geez, I don't know if this thing's going to sell. Does anyone <laughs> they said, does anyone even remember the 80s? We got extra. It was a big note. Now, uh, Shelby is going to do an interview with you later for the Interabang. And what's the premise of your interview, Shelby? You're a little nervous about it? We told me to like be a wise ass, but then I you were going to do the wacky questions. Well, that's what you told me to do, but I guess I made it a little too wacky. So you're not doing this thing at all. Yeah, with a, that's what you told me to do, but I guess it ain't working. Yeah, no, no, you're out. Somebody yeah. else would maybe Molly would like to do an interview. Yeah, Molly. Because Big J, right. we got to get the word out about Big J. Big J's a fucking man. Yeah, crushing our, it. Our article yesterday got picked up. Uh, Everywhere when we had uh, Paul Schrader on, and he announced that he's doing something w 
he made it seem like it was going to be Taxi Driver, the the TV show. Yeah, still baffled by that. <laughs> but it's fi- it's fiction on CNN. On, on the, yeah, the news network. He's the Canyons guy. Um, yeah, he's the Canyons guy. How was it? you said you saw it? It's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, also, I saw a review in the paper that really gave it the shit. Yeah. And when he was in here, you were like, it's disturbing. But, but it's, I love the guy, uh, Brett Easton Ellis. But he, it's uh, a very Brett Easton Ellis more than a Schrader. And he has a hate for Hollywood and the people that he is and loves. One of the problems I had with the movie is that he has always like bisexual guys in it. Mm. And I could never tell who was who. They're all just, it's like I never figured out who all the Duran Duran guys were. This looks like Duran Duran the movie. That's how the dudes look to me. With Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, Lindsay Lohan occasionally. Isn't it weird when you have a... see tits. It, you see, nice. Oh, she's naked. Is she naked in it? That's yeah. good. When you have a director that like uh, is like single-minded, like all their movies lean towards this one... Like a Larry Clark, right? You know Larry Clark's like yeah, oh, it's always like I just hate teenagers. Like they're just yeah. useless, worthless fuck yeah. toys. That's why I'm. They yeah. want to kill and murder people. And really, when I was w- with him, I had to say it was one of the few times I felt like a we could get busted, and b I'm not sure if he's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Clark, yeah, is he a bizarre dude? Yeah, he's a bizarre dude. Really? Underage yeah. kids, every movie, just. They you ever see? Was it Ken Park? Ken yeah. Park was the fucking. That was the weirdest. And that was pretty much the end. You know, we haven't really seen him. That was like a few. That was like five, six years ago. I was, loved Bully. And, and I was like Rockers Bully. too. That was the, that's what he was in for. Was up Rockers? Yeah. Where he had that was the most Mexican. timid, though, right? That was yeah. the most timid of all. But of them. there were just young male chests, just naked everywhere. There's a theme. Yeah. All, oh, yeah, it's always like shirtless, yeah, <laughs> shirtless boys in cutoff shorts. From, yeah, yeah, from kids to this, it's just fucking young kids partying. I did not get kids when I saw it the first time. I've never, I've never given it more chances, but I really thought it was stupid. It's pretty and, psycho. And not, and I like kids. The last scene was great because you got to see that uh, Chloe Savani's bush. I'm a Bush man. Uh, I know you are. <laughs> I know you voted for him in 2000, <laughs> 2004. Give me that Bush. <laughs> Any of you fucking libtards, <laughs> read my shirt. You take it in the ass. 30 days of suspension, that's it? 30 days in the hole. Maybe we should look into this guy a little bit before he we just get 30 legit. days. For not giving a fuck about these things, he certainly was upset about them. I mean, the shit, what a what Telling maniac. Secretary Kerry, I don't give a fuck. That is true, <laughs> that's what he said. Um, Chris Stanley, we're ready to do uh, the Weekender question. question. What are we giving away this weekend? Uh, this weekend we're giving away the Flaming Lips's probably their greatest album. It's a masterpiece. It's your shimmy Battle of the Pink Robots signed by Wayne Coyne. What do we have? Because I couldn't understand on one part of that slide. You <laughs> shimmy's battle the pink robots by the Flaming Lips, signed by Wayne Coyne. This is a masterpiece. Mm. All right. So the reason for this, this was your feelings. Uh, you came up with this. P- artists and recording artists that should have been bigger. Yeah. And you believe that the Flaming Lips should have been bigger. Yeah. I mean, they had that uh, Vaseline song back in the early '90s, mm-hmm. and then they kind of they, they still were still making albums. 
Then they came out with the, this this album, Shimmy Battle of Pink Robots. Got a lot of critical acclaim, but still just always under the radar, I think, uh, the Flaming Lips were. Flaming Lips should have been bigger. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Or you could uh, put this over on the iBank. Your uh, chance to win uh, this album signed by the Flaming Lips. I talked to the bosses down the hall. They said should have been bigger. Springsteen. I don't know what the guys are against. Should have even been bigger. Jesus. They were yelling to programmers, we didn't do enough. <laughs> we did not do enough for the boss. There's 24 hours of Springsteen happening right yes, now. Yes, that's not enough. <laughs> and the hour of day. Just 25. turn it on. There's, there's more spruce. It's a petition I, for an extra hour for every yeah. day. I'm going to ask Jerry Barca first. Artist, in your opinion, should have been bigger. Artists who should have been Recording bigger. Recording artists. Recording artists should have been bigger. Because you you seem to me the type of guy, you don't even like them until they're big. They have to be a big major act before you'll, they're yeah, on your probably, radar. They're going to penetrate, yeah, my radar. That's a tough one to, 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 to throw out at me here. Uh, for me, at least. Probably a lot of other people would think otherwise. I mean... Jerry, I know you don't want to do this, but I'm going to throw this book into the trash if you don't <laughs> if give I me an answer. Fucking answer. <laughs> I, I, well, the funniest thing was, I mean, I did think, um, I thought the Spin Doctors, when they first came out, I thought they were going to be huge. I know, but I really did. I mean, when well, I was a kid, I was like... But that, I, that first I, I, album was gigantic. Yeah, and I thought, boom, I thought they were just going to... I'd be listening to I them for left decades all. and decades. I thought they left it so. all. They came in and, and talked about that album yeah. with me for an hour. There's a lot of hits on that album. Yeah, they went like diamond. Like it yeah. sold a ridiculous amount, amount of copies. I had a nice weird. I had a nice weird. He was on a TV show I was on, uh -huh. uh, the lead singer, and he called in a radio show I was on once, and I made him really mad. He, he acted like he didn't get the joke, uh -huh. but they asked him to make a trivia question for callers, mm -hmm. and he goes, oh, "Okay." He goes, "Real fans of mine would know this." He goes, "What is my?" He goes, "Uh, what is my actual?" first name. My first name's not correct. What's my actual first name? And I was like, alright, let me see if I can get 1993 on the phone and figure this out. And he went, what? Yeah, like, and I was like, I, I don't know. I just completely backed down right away. I don't know, nothing. Whatever. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <That doesn't> make <laughs> sense. <laughs> so, in your opinion, what crushes you, Spin Doctors, not even bigger. <laughs> I, I, I um, <laughs> here is uh, Clint. Clint, you're on the Run of Fez show. Clint. Hello? Yeah. Clint, oh god damn it, he had a great one too. That the tragically hip weren't uh, bigger in the U.S. Well, yeah, tragically hip is an amazing band. Canadian, right? Canadian band in Toronto, selling huge numbers. Uh, come uh, into New York and basically do clubs. Now they do well with people who live along the border because they pick up a lot of. So they do well in like Buffalo and places like that. But by the time they come down any further, they're just not known at all. And this band is practically YouTube big hmm. in Canada. I saw them at an Ottawa Blues Fest, like forty thousand yeah. people that were way into it. And I I listened. Hoping to almost just recognize the song. I didn't. I didn't even know any of them. There's no radio play for them ever. You well, have to go find here, their stuff here. It, the, Canadian radio does something I think is great. That certain amounts of every hour have to be Canadian artists, so they can get over there and get some airplay. Uh, here, no, not getting any any love here. Uh, Jeff, 
in New Jersey? Who should have been bigger? Uh, the Afghan Wigs. Afghan uh, Wigs is one of Pix's all-time favorite bands. I don't know why they get no fucking love. It's a lot of bullshit. And you just have you have tons of '90s love for them. Yeah, of course I do. Look, I'm throwing out flaming lips. Afghan Wigs. You're in, you're in, you're in that same boat. Wigs and lips. <laughs> They got as big as they should have been. How much they did. Uh, here's Jim in Maryland. Jim. How about Haircut 100? Here's uh, Hi, you're on the Run and Fetch show. Who's this? This is Bart. Hey, Bart, what do you got for me? Uh, Hoodoo Gurus. Hoodoo Gurus ended up making. Didn't they make uh, the Zevon thing? Was that. Uh... Well, they, they did. Uh, their big song was Bittersweet. Oh. Um, but they were around in the. Uh, uh, mid to late 80s, uh, right. early 90s. Let's take a uh, listen to them. Well, what was the band that Zevon was doing with the guys from R.E.M.? What did they call themselves? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I thought that they were some kind of crazy name like that. Who, oh, Hindu Love Gods. That's what I was thinking of. I confused the dope. Your love is its own reward. My These guys should have been asked to this little sound is amazing. Only 11,000 views. 11,000. The doctor sold more than that before breakfast. <laughs> I also want Gear Daddies, but I don't think anybody's ever heard of them. They're a South Dakota band. Uh, you bring up Gear Daddies, I happen to be very fucking good friends with them. We used to play them all the time. I can't even believe you brought up that name. You're joking. No, not at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Stupid Boy is one of my favorite songs. That oh. is the only one I thought sucked. That song I thought was gay. <laughs> know, That's right? what we used to call their gay number. <laughs> I was just trying to bring Fez into the conversation. It's not happening today, huh, Fezzy? No, sorry. Any facts, though? Some facts to throw at? No, not, not on this. I mean, on anything. Just any facts. Um... Jay Okerson's going to be playing the Comedy <laughs> Caravan August 29th, 30th, and 31st in Louisville. I'm going to go see him there. Who I'm going to come down and see it. Everyone should. It's a caravan. Yeah. It's a caravan of love. Uh, why don't you get in there and help with the phone since you don't want to do the interview thing? Off you go. Switch out with Mo. Uh, I'm going to go over here to Ken. Ken, what do you got for me, buddy? Doing um, bands that should have been bigger. The Scottish band Delamitri. It's always my answer to that question. Ken Shane knows music, and let's take a listen to this. Uh, what song would you play? Uh, I had a lot of great ones. The one sort of hit they had was "Roll to Me," but I don't think that's like characteristic of them. Be my downfall. Let's kiss and say goodbye. I mean, I don't know. I gotta be my downfall. <laughs> yeah. Pick what you want, but uh, a lot of great songs. Fortunately, the lead singer Justin Curry is still out there. Has a new album out, a good one, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, at least that'll get some attention. All right, thanks, Ken. 
It is always, by the way, a bad thing when a band gets known somewhat for a song that doesn't sound like them. Yeah, that, that's, that's actually, know, that ruins them. That happens to a lot of bands. Because it gets the album, like, wait, I thought I, I wanted to sound anything <laughs> like the song. What if they didn't end up hating that song because it just gave them like a taste? And they fuck up, and it's, you know. Oh, with a lot of guys, when they only have one hit, they hate that hit. <laughs> they despise that hit. Big J, I'm going to think you're going to take a metal band. I'm going to guess here. No. Oh. No, not really. Shit. Um, Actually, the first one that came to my mind was uh, hip-hop, was uh, The Far Side. Remember The Far Side? I remember them when they were a comic strip. I don't remember <laughs> them when they were doing hip-hop. But they, uh, they had the one hit. Well, there's then, uh, a million views on that, Hicks. This is passing by. This was a huge hit. That seems like it's gigantic. Yeah, but that was the that, that was, was the hit. They were like the spin doctors of hip hop, is what you're saying. That's right. Yes, the spin doctors of hip hop. The <laughs> gin blossoms, great if you will. Name for anybody. How about Blind Melon? I, I don't know how good they were Why going you, to when be. When you die, it's hard <laughs> yeah, to get no, I know. Big. But I mean, like, would they, they were, have been? Would they have? Or were they on their way to being huge? They got a pretty cool voice. Yeah, the thing with Blind Melon is they also were kind of known for a song that did not sound like the rest of their stuff. Yeah. They're perfect for that. And what people wanted was the Dancing Bee band. They were like, <laughs> do more Dancing Bee stuff. What? We love that. Is that girl touring with you? <laughs> um, Cinderella. Remember that band? Here's uh, Kurt. You're on the Run of Fez show. Maha Moon, guys. Maha. Now, Ron, you know, like anybody, the biggest band that never made it out of Florida, the Stranger Band. Stranger Band were very, very good friends of mine. Great band, great lead singer, uh, a terrific guitar player, but came right at the end of Southern Rock if they would have been three years before. They would have, they would have taken over the world. Yeah. Real 80s. Yeah. I don't know what's better about a band like this than like Slaughter or something. It's like it's a similar sound. You just never know who's going to get over and who doesn't. The best looking lead singer, usually. <laughs> <laughs> the most amount of necks on a guitar. Uh, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. Uh, it's so weird to think about it because they were really big early in the 90s and you just flamed out. But Oasis released so many good albums after they were big in America and they just died. No credit whatsoever. But they're still pretty solid even though Noel Gallagher is doing his own thing and the new album's really good. Well, the thing is, Oasis is one of the biggest selling bands in, in English uh, history. They just never really crossed over the same way here. They were part of a music war. Like there was the fucking Britpop war or whatever, Blur. They, they, they were fucking, they got over. But they sold in, in England the way Queen did. You know, they just weren't big in America. Did, uh, did you ever see the, the, was the Decline of Western Civilization? Yeah. Part yeah. 2, I think it was, the Metal Years one. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny to see those guys when they think they're on their way. That I forget, I forget which band it was, but there was a great like blonde-haired guy, sort of schlubby in his pool at his very big house. His mom was sitting at a table, like smoking, like you know, <laughs> one hundred thin Virginia Slim cigarettes, yeah. and he's just sitting in a pool with a, in like a raft, with like a bottle of vodka, 
And he's just like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. I told mom, pack up your bags and move in because we're living the high life. He just pours <laughs> vodka into his belly button and starts like slapping his stomach trying to get into his mouth. And he's just, like, he was just so like, this is how it's going to be forever. And it's like, you know, Crocus or some right. band. Like, this is like, some band is just like gone. Well, those guys, it was very interesting because like 1990 or whatever, they were big. They'd go out on tour, sell out everything. And when that tour was over, that sound was over. You know what I mean? Like suddenly people, radio started going in a different direction. And they just didn't sell it on. They were like, but we didn't do anything wrong. Right, Our right. last album sold three million copies. And you're telling me we're not doing another album? No. Nope. How did this happen? It's like that poison jump, trying to jump from like spandex and bandanas to you know jeans and a sleeveless mm -hmm. t-shirt is like a weird jump. And yet, they're still getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, if you hold on there and say, I'm going to make it till the nostalgia starts. Now, the difference is... <laughs> it will work. You tour with two other bands that are headliners and you spend smaller, but they still make more money than anybody we went to high school oh, with. It's great to go to a bar and see, like, Brett Michaels and, uh, you know, <laughs> Tesla. <Leopard>. Tesla <laughs> yeah. and Kicks. Just playing at a bar. The crazy donkey in Long Island. Uh, John, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B, what up? Hey. Hey, man, I got two for you. One, they had mediocre uh, hype at one point, but LCD sound system never got as big as they could. And uh, my second would be Ghostland Observatory, man. They're really fucking good. If you ever had a chance, they're on a hiatus right now. If you ever had a chance to see them live, dude. Fuck, I'm, I'm going to see them after their hiatus. I'm going to go see them after the hiatus. I hope so. I hope they get back together, man. They're fucking awesome. Um. Your chance to win, Hicks, tell them what everybody's going to be winning. It's Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips, signed by the frontman and founder, Wayne Coyne. Now, you bring a, a brought up LCD sound system. They came in kind of a post-rock star world. Yeah. Like, no matter who you are now, the chances of you actually being a rock star are probably not going to happen. And yet the guys from Yes were in here yesterday, and they're still rock stars. It's really weird. And they're elderly. Oh, I was like shocked how old yes are. They like looked looked it. They're old guys. They just are little legitimate old guys now. I thought that was weird when you see a band like where they're sort of old even in their heyday. Do you ever see the video for uh is it You Can Do Magic America, the band America? <laughs> and it looks like they stopped by to make a video on their way to pick up their kids from soccer. Like, they're wearing, like, tucked-in polo shirts to their jeans. Like, right, there's nothing rock star about it, but it's great. By the way, this band America had tons of hits. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they could probably walk through the mall at any given point <laughs> in their life, but no one would stop them. This was almost yeah. shot in the mall on a green yeah. screen. It was a blue screen back then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now... <laughs> I don't. I've never understood. Like, what's the difference between them and the Eagles? They both had hits, and yet the Eagles are still around playing fucking stadiums. They try. You know what? They they kept their. There's something about image that will carry you through a little bit. Uh, someone told me, like, you know, inside info. Okay, good. That uh, <laughs> I want that. I mean, uh, that Sammy. Uh, not Sammy Hagar. Yeah, this is Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar actually isn't like a drinker or something like that, but he fills where he drinks, but on stage he drinks. I brings, heard that about Dave. He brings a bottle, but it's like full iced of like tea. iced tea. Maybe it's David Lee Roth. I heard that but thing. But it's was also, the, they, they claim that was true of Dean Martin, that he would is come out, hey, everybody, what are you doing in my room? <laughs> <But> he, <laughs> you know, and he was drinking iced tea. But and when the fucking for that, show though. was over, yeah, I think it's great. And when the show was over, he'd go up to his hotel room and watch TV. 
Like Gene Simmons, you know, for his cheese dick as he does it, he always has that, like, oh, yeah, I'm getting... Uh, pussy constantly, but he's yeah. like, you know, he's with that girl, and she would not be okay with him doing. You know what I mean? She's okay with it. You think? <laughs> yeah, she's fine. She's fine with it. But there is there's something about image. Like you, you, you have to keep some level of something. You know, like Pepper Hicks used to be one of the coolest dudes I know. Yeah. And then he went total. He went company man on me. Yeah, that's he, did. <laughs> he did. He did. No, and he, he had to go to court. He uh, was caught exposing himself. What? So he didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. He had long hair. Yeah. And he pulled his dick out. By the way, the suit and ponytail doesn't work when you show up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he breathes down. Just yeah, Your Honor, I'm very sorry. Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, let's go over to uh, David, San Francisco. Hold on, guys. Ronnie B., David and David, welcome to the Boomtown. That's the last time I heard of those guys. And also the first going. time you heard of them. Uh, one of the Davids ended up co-writing the, um, what was the name of that Tuesday night songwriters thing for Shell Crow? So apparently he's worth a lot of money from that gig as well. When's this from? Uh, late 80s. 86. Um, How about T-Rex? That was a great band that I think was not huge. They had the big well, hits, you, so big hits. Huge in England. They were, oh, were they? they were gigantic in England. Not everybody makes the travel over. Roxy Music was gigantic in England. Oh, that's Brian. No, uh, Brian Ferry. Uh, not everybody makes it. I'm sure the same thing happens with American bands. Like, they never heard of Michael Jackson in England. They're like, who? <laughs> what? Who is this guy? Um, Higgs, you know Jack White's uh, wife or ex-wife, Karen Elson? Uh, yeah, she's like a redhead model. She has filed a restraining order against him. Oh, shit. He's been harassing her. With an inappropriate and aggressive manner. I can see that. Including threatening phone calls. Okay. And emails. Yeah. I mean, he's a strange guy. I can see him doing that. Well, custody battles always do that. Uh, well, they had their big divorce party when they got divorced. So everyone thought, oh, this must be nice and amicable. I was in a custody battle like that with an ex. It got so ugly because neither one of us wanted the kids. Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> I was like, I know I took them last weekend. It usually goes the other way. If you want, you want the kids more. Yeah, but they're noisy, and then you can't sleep late, <laughs> and they never want to go to bars. Oh, if you're going T-Rex, the slider, that's the one. That's a cool... What were you going to do, Hicks? Bang a gong. Say, you're, top 40. you're a top 40 guy. <laughs> this is, as a as a weed smoker, Chris, you should, this one should be right in, right in your wheelhouse. Hell yeah. Super simple. Dirty, 70s rock. What I love about T-Rex is that they initially called themselves Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> really? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally had to say, you know, we're not moving T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. It's costing a lot for the printing alone. Yeah. Uh, Molly, well, you're the youngest of us all here. How old are you? I'm 19. All right, so you're a couple years younger than me. <laughs> what, in your opinion, is a band that should have been gigantic um, and did not make it? I was the first thing that I thought of was Gorillas. Do you remember how they had the song "Feel Good"? Oh, Aid? they're great. That was yeah. so awesome, and then I just never heard from them again. Well, they yeah. they put out a lot of music. 
Um, you ship a four field good thing. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I thought. I uh I think one of the problems there when you're just will only send out a cartoon of yourself. <laughs> it's hard to do a lot of press. Yeah, yeah it's like a, what was it, Death Clock? Was yeah. that the other cartoon band? Yeah, from Adult Swim. But these but guys, I love the, Gorillaz. I love them. It's the guy from Blur, Damon Albarn. I was going to say, it's like the sum of their Don't parts, though. Don't fucking give it away, but Chris. I thought, I thought everyone, he doesn't want anybody to know. I thought everyone knew it. He, he performed it live. I love that thing that they did at the Apollo. Amazing. When it was just his silhouette, and then he had all the guest stars come out and do it with like a full orchestra, and Dennis yeah. Hopper came out. Amazing. Is, it, uh, is Del the Funky Homo Sapien like part of the group? He's like a regular, or is he used to do guest spots on? He it? just did Clint Eastwood. That's it. And then he has like other rappers. He's great. Yeah, okay. that's Ice Cube's cousin. Yeah, but he, like, I did not know Ice Cube had relatives. Yeah, he's <laughs> a rapper. Oh. Well, I mean, you could really pick any black guy and say it's Ice Cube's cousin. I'm sure in some way. I apologize. I'm trying to get in character for my Sturgis gig. Hey, Sturgis! I think we ought to build a wall between us and Mexico. Am I right? I like that shit. I like that. Who's gonna build the wall? Every that was the big Joe Rogan Crokins. I didn't keep up with it. I know they didn't like each other for a while. You had to have seen the no, video of that flight. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. You know when Never I never caught up with that. Uh, Carlos Mencia was the first person to ever do Unmasked. And I didn't know him, and I was just mm -hmm. found out I was doing it like a day or two. And he's the only person who's ever asked me for a pre-interview, like he wants to call you and talk to you. So I'm like, he goes, well, hey, how you doing, man? I'm like, great. And he's like, uh, so <laughs> really we're doing this thing? Up. I'm like, yeah. Because I don't, I don't get the pre-interview. So we just like talk to him, and I'll, I'll let, let you go. He goes, um... Okay, hey, you know what you're going to be talking about? I go, yeah, your career. He goes, oh, okay. Um, well, look, you can ask about Rogan, but I don't think I'm going to talk about it. I go, you talk about whatever you want, you know, because I guess that was really big at the time. But then he ended up bringing it up anyway. <laughs> Did he really? He brought it up? Yeah, he brought it up, uh, you know, kind of as, uh, you know, mistake. I haven't even... He had a weird PR person on that in some way, giving him advice, because he took so many different routes on it. First, it was to purely deny it. Then yeah. he started going around being like, I'm a joke thief, big deal, so what? <laughs> yeah, but really, that's the first thing I've ever seen where between Rogan singing that South Park, literally dropped him down levels in the business. He went from, like, almost stadiums to... Back to clubs. All right, uh, people have written in. You said I said uh, David Lee Roth, uh, and who did you have? Sammy Hagar. We're now being told by listeners we're both wrong. It was Michael Anthony. We had the band Van Halen, <laughs> <laughs> but Michael Anthony was like, "Hey everyone, I'm drinking whiskey. You're I'm putting some more like sugar and a lemon Wait. in my whiskey." <laughs> I don't do that with my whiskey. Lipton whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> had to get, you had to break away from that more than words acoustic image <laughs> that he'd built up. You're the only one who remembers when Gary Chatron, uh, whatever his name is, Chiron, Chiron, yeah, joined the right. band. And that's when they started playing hard rocks. Um, oh. That was their lowest point. Remember, what was the guy that came in Motley Crue for like one album? 
and it like just didn't make any sense at all. Like they, always, maybe they do that. That's that's just fails across the board always. Dude, Even the I, super groups fail most of the time. Audio slave stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's a very hard thing to pull off. You never know when it's going to happen. You never know. You would have everything in the world work for you, but you don't know whether you're going to have a hit or not. But Axl Rose and four dudes will still sell out a stadium if they call themselves Guns and Roses. Sure. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. And because that's what people do, like. If we got the name Pink Floyd, if we somehow bought the rights, we could go out and do, and we would sell big. And we'd just be like, hey, teacher, no one would complain. But if you took the guys from that band and they had to tour under their real names, no one would show up. They'd be playing smaller places. The Axl Rose and the Axl Rose Orchestra yeah. probably wouldn't make a bunch of... In the meantime, of... there's fucking Slash. He's driving his own van now. <laughs> He's back on the road you know? normal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just packing his own shit. It's a Datsun. Somehow I got a Datsun still. Taking uh, it back. We're going to be giving out Unbeatable. You're going to be back, too, before yes. yeah. the start of this. I'm back. Um, if it's made into a movie, right? <laughs> you've got to do this. In the very beginning of the movie, someone is playing you, looking back over your old stuff. Oh, yes. oh I found the old program. What happened that year? <laughs> back in 1988? <laughs> um... I just looked at the last page to see how it ends. Lou Holtz was murdered? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> fan fiction, baby. They said it's the way to go. It is. It's very, very Football big. fan fiction. <laughs> um, Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, gentlemen? Uh, I try yeah. to get a bunch of my buddies into this, but uh, I can't get into it. Uh, cake. Well, cake, I kind of dig them, but they're very much an acquired taste for people. They're not... They're not for everyone. They're not a mass appeal band. I thought he said pink. No, pink is mass appeal. <laughs> She's doing okay. Nah, I'm gonna. Th what do people think about G Love? G Love and his special sauce. Yeah, would you think that he get enough? Yeah. I mean, I like him, but would he fit the? Or was well, he I mean, big enough? Could, I, I don't think he was big enough. I mean, I don't think Elvis Costello was as big. Well, that's true. As he could have possibly been, but he's had a, a better career than most people. Uh, I think there's plenty. I think Rufus Wainwright should have been every bit as big as David Bowie or Elton John. Came when gay people stopped paying attention to other gay people and only liked women. He should be gigantic. So, yeah, for your thing. But don't you think somebody like G-Love, it's all about seeing him more live than it is sitting at your house listening to G-Love fucking music? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean... We know it's interesting. I became uh, buddies with John Popper from mm -hmm. Blues Traveler and went to go see them. And I like run around and uh, hook those two big songs for like yeah. the, for like the same novel reasons. Anybody you know nostalgic, but I went to go see him live a couple years ago at the Highline Ballroom. We went to watch him, and like the act, the rest of the music's like dark bluesy, right? Like it's, it's really good. Like, I thought was, I was mm -hmm. highly impressed with. It. I was like, oh wow! Like I didn't even know this was like Eric great band. But he um, has no what I, what I really dig about his personality. He told me he will if you ask him on the street like. Play run around. He will pull a harmonica and start singing on the street because <laughs> he doesn't have that uh, anger for it like a lot of people do. He right. goes, "This paid for everything I own, and it makes me still be able to tour and play the music I want to play." And I play those two songs, and I get out of there. It's up to each person how they want to handle everything. 
you know. You don't have to be pissed that people only remind... Rem- Believe me, 99% of fucking musicians would like to be remembered for anything. There sure. are great musicians out there who never got to do anything. We played a guy yesterday. He's unbelievable voice. So many people are writing to me about him. Um, and uh, his name is David Ryan Harris. He's been doing this for 20, 25 years. And he's phenomenal. And, you know, he's gotten to play on John Mayer Records and, you know, I think it was Butch Trucks or one of uh, one of the Trucks family anyway. But it doesn't mean that um, it's going to happen for you right away. Maybe it'll happen any time. You never know. Who knows? This book could sell a million copies. <laughs> or this thing could, you know, suddenly Lou Holtz comes out against it tomorrow. <laughs> that well. might even help. This is bullshit. It's a book of lies. They said that we tied three games that year. We didn't. <laughs> this was the greatest day of your life. What? When the book came out? Or? No, when they won. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid? It yeah. was awesome. I was at the, the Miami game that year, the Catholics first convicts. You as put an a picture of yourself in this <laughs> as a little kid. Where are you from? Where are you from? I'm Where's from you? New Jersey. You just got into the... My brother, I had a... You know, we're Irish and Italian Catholic, so one of my... I'm the youngest of five. One of my siblings went there, so he was there then. Oh, so for sibling, a, Yeah, I guess you can get it. a big deal. You know. It's got to be some attachment all That's why I've never been a... I can't... I was never able... I wish I could have moved to New York and just get into New York teams. I just couldn't do it. Like, I just grew up in Philadelphia and You're had the... stuck with the teams that you grew up with. Yeah, it's like, I've almost... You, I can't even force myself to put passion into another team. I can't just be like, well, it's easier. I don't got to pay however much hundreds of dollars it is to get the package on DirecTV and just enjoy the, the Giants. But I, I can't. St- I just don't like them. I, I think that you're stuck with the teams that you had as a kid. You can't get around it. Yeah. Now, the only way it might be different is if one of your kids gets into a local team and wants you to go to them. Um, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm cheering so that they'll be happy, mm-hmm. you know. If I went to college, I could have gotten into a college team. I just, that wasn't my path. You just didn't have the, <laughs> Camden didn't, County didn't Community have the College. Ability. <laughs> uh, ninth caller to pick this up. Would you sign it for us? Absolutely. I'm talking to Big J. Would you sign Absolutely. Unbeatable? <laughs> I didn't write this, but I met the guy who did. <laughs> Sat next to him for the better part of two hours. Uh, we bumped knees right. accidentally. Seems pretty great. Ninth caller will take for this one 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, tell people again how they can get your book. It's available online for pre-order. Amazon has a deal that will arrive the day the book comes out, and then it will be in stores where books are sold nationally August 13th. And, Fez, do you have any facts? Uh, Big J Okerson is going to be there covering uh, Bike Week for, at Sturgis for CMT all next week. And, of course, you can see him in Louisville, Kentucky, at the Comedy Caravan the last weekend in August. That's the 29th through the 31st. The Ron and Fez fans come out. They really do. Well, that's awesome great. Yeah. That's great that you loved. <laughs> this, Like you said, this was going to be your year to break through, 2013. Put a little work in. Now you're Sturgis. Now you're at Sturgis. <laughs> Montreal festivals. It's been a big time. Bobby Slayton and me are having regular conversations at Who this point. Who did you run into in Montreal? Um, oh man, there's a lot of people there. Paul Provenza. How's he doing? I did not mess with him. I'm a He's big fan great. of his. I really like him. I did his uh, set list show where was that, was that tough? 
I, I love that. That's right in my wheelhouse of what I do. Like, uh, I try to go off the cuff as much as possible. Make sure so. I get to see yours. That was Because I don't know how to find them. Set list. I don't know if they recorded them up there. They may have. But I, I, oh, you just ask, did it in the club? He'll ask me to do it again, I'm sure. Well, I did it at the at the Stan Comedy Club before, and I did it up and from that. He asked me to do it in Montreal. Now, this is Stan Comedy Club. Is the food ain't good? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's also a comedy club going on, too, but the food's pretty great. Um... Let me go over here for a winner. Take your thumb off your shelves. You're not writing anything up. He's having a tough day today, huh? Yeah, he's fucking... Bobby in Charleston. What's up? What's up? Uh, you are the ninth car. Big winner, my friend. The, Tell you your box, Ronnie. Roll the box. I believe that you're going to be the first person ever to win a signed copy of this book. Y you are 100% right. Uh, and you know how to write that in your signing. I will. Is this the first time you're signing a book, or have you done it for family and friends? I've done it for some friends. How does it feel? It's pretty cool. I, I try not to mess up or leave a word out or something, because yeah. then it's like, shit, I ruined it. It's done. Could you just sign mine, shit, fuck, fart? <laughs> Is that how you want it, Bobby? <laughs> White Power, Jerry Barca. WP forever. <laughs> you know what it means. You get you, Anyone I need to get it will get it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions from the book. Um, who is, uh, what was Sean Connor's number? Sean Connor? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what high school coach, what high school did Jeff Elm go to? Jeff Elm, he went, it was in Illinois. I, I don't, I do not remember. High school police. I do not remember. He's so, from Illinois. He was the ghostwriter. <laughs> That's ghost the roster. Writer. We put the what entire is, roster of the team in there of like 90 guys, what 105 guys. What is Joe guys. Farrell's uh, hometown? No idea. It's all right here. <laughs> you got to read the book. I don't want to give it away. It's a spoiler. <laughs> This looks exciting. Uh, anything else we got to plug for the iBang? Anything? Keep hitting up the Weekender. Okay, keep hitting up the Weekender. That's the plug. You can win side. Flaming Lips. Mr. Wayne Coyne. That goes on all weekend. Uh, Chris Stanley, your birthday next Thursday. Woo! Your Yay. first party you've ever had. Yeah. Never before. What would you like me to get you? Oh, cigarettes are cool. All right, maybe some cigarettes. Those are always appreciated. Because mm -hmm. you know I'm going to use them, you know? You smoke pommels? I'll take them. Sure. You <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picky. I'll take Prison bucks. money? <laughs> Prison bucks? Uh, by the way, Hicks's uh, IKEA porn story. Everyone's talking about that all porn movies have IKEA furniture. Yeah, there's a Tumblr, and they just point out which <laughs> IKEA products in it. It's great. See you guys uh, Monday. And that's the end of my show.